Purgatory, and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan, and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB all those years ago. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We're going to reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today we discuss season four, episode 14, A Winter's Tale. (laughs) Okay, so you know I'm a nerd and I definitely Uh googled some Shakespeare um, things because of course Shakespeare has The Winter's Tale. Uh Uh-huh. Um, which is one of his problem plays, which means it has elements of both comedy and tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found this little tidbit on Wikipedia. Um, so this is about The Winter's Tale. A play called The Winter's Tale would immediately indicate to contemporary audiences that the work would present a, quote, idle tale, an old wives' tale not intended to be realistic and offering <laughs> the promise of a happy ending possibly Hmm. quite literally. Um, The title may have been inspired by George Peel's play, The Old Wives Tale of 1590, in which a storyteller tells, quote, a Mary Winter's tale of a missing daughter. However, early in The Winter's Tale, the Shakespeare play, the royal heir warns that a sad tale's best for winter. His mother is soon put on trial for treason and adultery, and his, his death is announced seconds after she is shown to have been faithful and Leontes accusations unfounded. So <laughs> there are some themes that align quite well. So um, that said, uh, this was written by Zach Estrin and Chris Levinson, um, both of whom also wrote You Had Me at Goodbye, the episode. Oh, of okay. Andrews. Yeah. I knew their names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, directed by Greg Prange. This originally aired on February 7th, 2001. Description from Wikipedia. While the rest of the class is on the ski trip, Dawson stays behind to care for a near-death Brooks. But he is overwhelmed when he is asked to make a life or death decision. Meanwhile, there's a lot more than skiing going on when the senior (laughs) trip doesn't go exactly as planned. The evening takes an unexpectedly romantic turn for best friends Jack and Jen, while Pacey and Joey find their own ways to keep warm on the cold night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's a description for you. Wow. Okay, my history's mysteries. Aaron Hensley, you're going to love this first one. On February 8th, 2001, Disney's California Adventure opens to the public as part of Disneyland Resort. I remember that. I do, too. I definitely went that year, like, at the end, towards um, the end of the school year. Um, Yeah. Well, because it opened, I knew some people that worked there. Yeah, yeah. So we would, like, ditch school and go. Yeah, of course. Mm. Um, February 9th, 2001, the submarine USS Greenville accidentally strikes and sinks the Japanese fishing vessel Ahime Maru near Hawaii. So, wow. Yeah. Um, number one movie is still The Wedding Planner. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, number one for two weeks. Yeah. All right. Go, go J-Lo and McConaughey. Um, the first, was that the first McConaughey? <laughs> reconnaissance how did we say that i've never heard that before (laughs) oh when he won when he did he win an oscar for dell spires club i think he did when he He was like doing that and like the whatever that spy that that like pi show where he was like a weird philosopher um Mm. 
It was on HBO. I can't remember. Oh what it was yeah, yeah, yeah. True Detective. I'm... Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. They called it the Maconnaissance. <laughs> Or the reconnaissance or something. Anyway, there we go. Um, number one song is still Wasn't Me by Shaggy. Um, <laughs> the Hot Shot debut is the dance party classic Around the World by ATC. Oh. Which was at wow. every... I mean, I can't tell you... But that song's older than that, isn't it? No? No, no. What? I wow. definitely went to Europe at one point and danced in, like, weird Italian discotheques to that song. Yeah, um, I mean, that song is, like, my childhood, but I guess I remember it, like, being more of my childhood than yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, highlights from this list include, at number 66, Breathless by The Coors. Um... And Hanging by a Moment by Lifehouse on the list this week at number 76. At number 88, we have The Cha-Cha Slide by Mr. C and the Slide (laughs) which is definitely a whole dance situation. It would be on TikTok now if it was, you know. And uh, at number 100, Eminem's Stan featuring Dido is is leaving the list that week. So... That's where we were in February of 2001. Cool. And we got two corrections from our listeners because we actually had a break. So yeah. <laughs> the time between the episode coming out and us recording the next one is longer. Um, yeah. This is from Sujatha. Mm-hmm. I'm originally from India, but Nashville based now. And I wanted to point out that episode, season four, episode 13 has some Indian connections. It is directed by a half Indian and the actress who plays Anna is half Indian as well. Oh, cool. And your history mystery about the horrific um, Gujarat earthquake. I'm from South India and Gujarat is in the West. And I felt those tremors. My first time feeling an earthquake and I'll never forget it. Wow. And I know that's wild. Cause that's a wild. Really it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this is from Ellen. The lip bar is um, actually in the Bronx, oh, not so Queens. Sorry. And it is the last bookstore in our borough. Yes, you're right. I'm so sorry. Um, it, it, it is in, in the Bronx and not Queens, um, but a great place nonetheless. And also <laughs> apologies to New York, but um, I know I kind of know where those are differently. I mean, I know they're far apart from each other, but sometimes I get some of the boroughs mixed up. <laughs> Yeah. of where they are <laughs> i have no idea because you go on a train so you don't like visually make a map in your head you know like yeah. when you're on a train just pop up somewhere else and they're like yeah. i don't know like yeah yeah like if you live there obviously you know but i'm like always just following someone <laughs> <laughs> totally totally <laughs> um so apologies and thank you for that correction yes. appreciate it um, okay, so we start off at Cape Side High, Aaron, where Gretchen and is dro- Gretchen is dropping off Joey and Pacey for the sc- senior trip, <laughs> and is like telling them about how this trip is such a like, rite of passage. Like, I, yeah, and I, like, I, we just need to pause because we had a number of people talk about this, but Pacey has all of his stuff in a paper bag. Do not think that this is my next note. <laughs> I just want to know. Pacey has People stuff have been in a paper emailing bag. us about this for like a month now. They're like, <laughs> okay. we need to talk about this. What the fuck does that mean? And honestly, I don't know. I don't know what it means. Uh, he's a he boy. Have a backpack? 
Right. I, I, you know, I was like, I know that he does have a backpack because I have seen him carry one before. Um, But also, like, I think there's this kind of like they they try to sell Pacey as this like like boy, the boy's boy kind of, Uh you know. And so he's like, whatever, I just threw everything in a paper bag. (laughs) I think it would have been funnier if it were a plastic trash bag. Um, <laughs> but I did it's appreciate super it. super bizarre. And it's wild that Joey doesn't say like, oh, here, use this duffel bag or something. It's an <laughs> impractical way to carry clothes, especially when you're going somewhere wet. Like, you know, I mean, I absolutely <laughs> that on the ground. You're ruined. It does seem like there's not a lot of clothes in there. So I'm guessing he just has like an underwear undershirt change and he's going to wear the same outer <laughs> clothes. Just as someone who has been a gross human before in my life, so that was a gutter punk for a, a little while. I'm um, telling you, that's that's what that looked like to me. And you carried it in a paper bag. I mean, no, I I don't think I do sometimes if I'm not like. Do- there's nothing wrong with being a minimalist, obviously, but yeah. like a paper bag, it's a weird choice, especially since we just finally saw his house and we know it was like bigger than Dawson. So it's like. Stop trying to sell us on him being poor. We know that's not true. Right. But also, I mean, I I will, every once in a while, I'll take, like, if I'm just going to be gone for, like, a day or something, I'll take just a tote bag with some clothes. Sure, of course. Yeah. But you put it in a tote bag. Yeah. A tote bag. Never a paper bag. Those rip. (laughs) Anyway, also, the funniest part of this joke is the Joey situation, because when she turns away from Gretchen, she's got two humongous... it's weird yeah yeah it's um it's it's something it's something (laughs) it's hilarious i guess so gretchen admits to them that in her day someone got pregnant and someone got arrested and a girl's hair caught on fire and yet somehow they're still doing this trip i know school sponsored yes I have questions. <laughs> so. Me too. This is so weird. On top of the like one we've already discussed of like, why the fuck are these ki- our Creek kids going on this school trip? They yeah. hate school. They always talk about that. Yeah, they're not joiners. Why the fuck are they going to this? <laughs> it's definitely optional. I know. <laughs> so. so wild. So, so yeah. Gretchen like, like Gretchen tells all these stories and then Pacey like goes to get on the bus and she like Gretchen pulls Joey aside and she's like um you should give Dawson a call yeah what <laughs> I hate it thanks I it's like there's a part of me that's like okay like a girlfriend saying to her boyfriend's friend like hey you know he's going through something just an mm-hmm. FYI but like, don't tell her what to do. <laughs> it's, like to me, that's weird. Is that like it's they're going on a weekend away? Like you know, yeah. like I don't know if she thought that it was really that bad for Dawson. Wouldn't she have said to Joey like maybe you should stay here? Right. You know, like it, it. It's a weird. I mean, I know why they've interjected this little point, and um, I hate it. So <laughs> maybe that's why I'm pissed at Gretchen about it. But right. uh, yeah, so it's and we wild. And we know it's pre-texting, so, like, she can't just be, like, hey, checking in on how you're doing. You know, we get it. But, oof, yeah. So we go to the credits, and then we go to Jack and Jen, 
at like um at the bus jack and jen are also going on this trip which i have like many questions about and like jen doesn't want to do it she's complaining to jack like this is stupid you know (laughs) well and she's like i should be at the hospital with grams Mm -hmm. and like then jack's like dawson's with grams it's all good like (laughs) okay okay and he tells so how severe is this situation with mr brooks you know it's super interesting unconfirmed so far um and jack tells her that she deserves to have fun and then jen immediately proves why this show is the poorer when she is not on it i know like gives this great speech about everything that you build up in your head is like turns out to be a disappointment (laughs) and i'm just like (laughs) Jen's been back on this show, like you know, for five fucking seconds, and she's already like just Making won my heart over. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> and Jack's just like, we're gonna have fun, and like, um, you know, there. And then Pacey just smiles at uh, Jen's response. I love yeah. their little friendship. They're oh so my cute. god, he's they're and, such a delight. Um, like I'm yeah. just delighted when they talk to and each other. Some rando, like puts his head out the window and is like everyone on the bus that's planning on getting laid and literally all of our kids look at joey yeah <laughs> what well because like pacey First is all, kind she's of not like... planning on getting laid but second of all like why are, is everyone participating in this <laughs> weird obsession with joey's virginity I mean, yes, but also like right before that guy sticks his head out the window, like Paisley kind of checks in with her and mm-hmm. is like, hey, you good? Like, whatever. And they like have this back and forth where like Joey's kind of bristly as fuck, where she's like, yeah. you know, he's like, oh, I think it'll be great to get away from the weekend. And she's like, what does that mean? Like, are we people that need to get away? And I'm like, what are you what's happening right now? Yeah, she's like, an asshole this whole episode. She. Like, but she's like, you know, this is what we were saying last episode where like you needed to have an entire conversation about mm-hmm. the sex mm-hmm. thing. Like we mm-hmm. we both noted like that was half of a conversation mm-hmm. that we saw. <laughs> yes. Hoping, hoping you had the rest of that conversation. It was like Confirm- barely a conversation. It was like the start of right. a potential conversation. <laughs> right. And we were like hopefully you will sit down and have this conversation and confirmation in this first scene that no they have not no, they sat have. down and talked one they more just word said, about it. We need it. to try harder and let's be scared together. Right. It's like okay. Yeah. Oh sorry, this is where we have the credits. I'm sorry. I'm, I fucked that up. Um <laughs> so but then we go to the bus where Mr. Kazan starts taking roll and like Jen tells Jack she doesn't know how to ski. And okay. Jack's like, oh, like, you know, it's not about being able to ski. That's not yeah. what senior scriptures are about. It's about what happens in the night, you know, not during the day. <laughs> I honestly, I just like do not understand this. Like, why are I they there? Wh- why are they there? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I like agree. If I had gone on a senior ski trip, I would not have skied because yeah, no, no, I don't I do that agree. stuff. If you went on any kind of trip with your whole senior class, it would have been about like partying or what you were doing, you know, mm-hmm. in the whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. But it's just a bizarre thing because we don't really see our kids as joiners. So like, it doesn't really make sense why they're doing this, but like, <laughs> okay, okay, you know, um, 
so as Mr. Kazin's calling Rolla, he calls some girl's name and then we see Anna and she says here and we're like, oh, okay. So she is pretending to be a student and she's sitting with Drew Mm -hmm. and, and Joey and, is like great and then we see we go over back to jen who is like still pushing toby on jack yeah because like jack tells this thing to jen where that's like actually i think really interesting and like hello show i would love it if like we got into this a little more because he's like Mm -hmm. you know sexual misadventures aren't an option for me on this trip because like there's no other gay people that are out (laughs) this high school so (laughs) and like there's a part of me that's like i mean this is the first time we've really heard jack express actual like sexual desire for someone that was not joey in season two and like Mm -hmm. Like, because he wants to kiss kiss Ethan, but, like, we never get, like, a discussion about, like, maybe Jack would like to have sex someday. Mm-hmm. And, like, hey, hey, television, I'm here for this story. Yeah. Yeah. Or how, like, you know, they, they definitely like to highlight the ways in which his high school experience differs, you know? And it's like, oh, all these kids are going on a senior trip, like, and they, it's all about having sex. Like, who's going to get laid tonight? And, like, right. Jack doesn't even have that option on the table whether he wanted to or not you know it's just like literally unavailable to him right and jen yeah so jen like starts pushing toby on jack again and he's jack legit just says to her stop you're like a broken record stop and then she like continues to push like she's like is he too cute is he too intelligent and i'm just like he doesn't want toby jen like leave him alone I mean, this is obviously a problem that the show has in general where it's like, no, but this guy likes you. So you should like him back. And you're like, I don't, though. And they're like, but he likes you. And you're like, but I don't. Thank you. (laughs) you. And like and Jack, like, says to her, she's like, I just don't like like how gay he is. Yeah. And the thing is, like, in 2021, like, I know what he's saying. I totally understand it. Like, we're like, just because two people are gay doesn't mean like they like each other (laughs) all they have in common is their you know sexuality so like you know but like what we're supposed to take away from this in in 20 or 2001 is like jack's uncomfortable with being gay and i just i don't see it like that yeah no I, i but i think that like there's a way in which like you can also in 2001 like it's like internalized homophobia you know and like that jack's kind of like there was this thing i remember at the time where it was like oh i don't like guys like that because they're too like whatever too like flamey too you know basically too like feminine Mm -hmm. and like there was that thing at the time and i was just i remember like not at the time necessarily like delving into it, but later being like, why was that happening? Like people were so mm-hmm. like, I don't care if that's your thing. Like that's your thing. Great. Right. Uh, you know, but I remember having conversations with some of my gay friends that like went a lot like the my gay male friends that went a lot like this. And I was right. And it feels like it's like, I remember that time. And then also I'm like, Oh God, so glad we're like out of that. Well, I guess I just like, of course, everything because we live in a the society we live in, there can be elements of internalized, you know, homophobia. But yeah. I think when you're talking about your sexual desires, like I don't see it like that. I could see it if it, Jack was saying like, I don't want to be friends with him. He's too gay, you know, like, right, right, right. but if you're like talking about your desire, like you're just like, 
like I'm not attracted to that. I don't know. Like to me, it doesn't feel that way, but like, I don't know. <laughs> and I think it's a conversation to be had, right? Like I know that like in certain like gay dating apps and stuff like that, like, you know, there can be like some really shitty racism stuff and like, you know, I yeah. only date this kind of guy. Yeah. And like, so I think like there's a way in which like probing that is really interesting and needs to be, needs to happen. Like probing that in mm-hmm. yourself, like what is it about yeah you know, what is that? Yeah. Like and why is your type race related or why is your type? Or why is like, your type? Like you don't you know, want a flamboyant, flamboyant guy or yeah. like, yeah. Or like yeah. even, you know, within heterosexual people, it's like, well, why would you want like a hyper masculine person or like right. a, you know, whatever, like these are definitely interesting things to talk about. Yeah. But I, I agree. That's like this really nuanced, compelling thing to say that it is more like in the show, the context of the show to be like, get yeah, Jason Jackson comfortable being gay. And it's like, right. I don't know. Like, <laughs> right. no, totally. it's just I such a you. disservice to his experience. I agree. So Pacey then asked Drew, like, oh, are you going to you you think you're going to get away with this? Like that, like he brought Anna and Drew just says, like, I hate to be the only one not getting laid this weekend. And it's just like, yet again, Drew brings this back to like Joey fucking Pacey. Like, why is he so invested in this? I don't know. And I'm just going to talk about this later in the episode, but you don't have to sit next to him. (laughs) You can move. Yeah, absolutely. So then we cut in what will be a series of really jarring cuts in this episode (laughs) to the ICU where Dawson is coming in to see Mr. Brooks. Who's like hooked up to like machines and like, Oh yeah. my God. So he's on a like, ventilator. Hey party. We're on a bus to go skiing. And then it's like <laughs> death. <laughs> and so, and so like Grams is like there and basically tells Dawson that he's like in a coma and has pancreatic cancer, mm-hmm. which like, I don't know, seems like bad slash the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And, Do- and Dawson, like, I don't like get it. Like it, he's like he didn't seem that bad and all of a sudden we're at this and it's like now he's like sitting in between life and death you know and grams is like yeah but no matter what happens it's in god's hands yeah which like again i mean i know i brought this up before like but i'm very confused that like this man is being kept alive by science and it's in god's hands and i that 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 like is jarring internally for me yes so <laughs> yes it's hard to wrap my head around yeah. yes <laughs> um but we go back to the bus and, and pacey's like offering to carry joey's bags off the bus but she won't let him and then like <laughs> jack grabs weird. jen's bag and she's perfectly happy to let him and i'm like what commentary are we having here about like these two women and like the fact that like jen's like yeah sure takes my shit and pacey's like give me your bags and that's like because joey Joey refuses to ask people for advice or help yeah that's true so kasdan tells everyone that the rooms are going to be same sex because the gay people don't exist to mr kasdan yeah um who i definitely read as queer i mean that man is definitely gay (laughs) um and there's like dozens of students and one chaperone yeah i that was one of my questions is it's like is is there but wait i have a question so first let me get to this because i do have a question about that because like he's like 
the same sex rooms and the mini bars are locked and then just walks away. He's like, where's the bar? And then walks away and he's like, oh, Jonathan's going to hand out the keys. And he passes like a bucket of keys to some rando. (laughs) Okay, so I could not tell if that was a second chaperone or if it was a student because the person playing him is definitely over 30. But in this show, who the fuck knows what that means? Yeah, I took it as a student, but who knows? Who knows? There might be two chaperones. <laughs> um, and Still so not Drew, enough. But, the, but then Drew, absolutely, Drew just starts, just takes this bucket and starts handing room keys to people. But like Apparently only... he knows which room has a king bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Drew's done his research and he about this. Only picks out Doss or sorry, Pacey and Joey, yeah. Jack and Jen, and him and Anna. And then he hands the buckets of keys back to the, the lag key. And you're like, why are you obsessed with these people? I know. I know. Absolutely. Um, and as they leave, jo- Jen slips and falls on the ice. And I laughed. Oh I my know. god! I was like, "Oh, Aaron, love that." Thank God she's here. This episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, real. listeners. This is like one of my top five least favorite episodes. It's um, it's a fucking mess. This episode. I don't watch it that often, and I was like, "Ooh, man, this is a doozy." So then we have another jarring cut back to the hospital, <laughs> and oh shit! I totally forgot. <laughs> fucking buster bluth is the doctor right tony hale (laughs) aka buster bluth from arrested development aka gary from veep if that's more your style (laughs) is this doctor (laughs) what the fuck i saw him and started laughing i was like oh my god i know because i know he's in this episode but i don't watch this episode i don't like it and then i was like i totally forgot because i'm preparing myself for stuff that's happening later in this episode right yeah so dawson's leaving the hospital and fucking buster is a total like normal face like you know it's like Dawson uh we need to talk um you you signed a healthcare proxy and and Dawson's like yeah yeah so I could like pick up prescriptions and the doctor's like it means something different now there's new responsibilities maybe you should call your parents Uh, oh my god okay I have a quick question for you before we get into how insane or like how wild this is Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. Evelyn Ryan could pick up mm-hmm. Mr. Brooks's prescription, mm-hmm. how come mm-hmm. she's not the one whose shoulders this lands on? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so we cut to Mitch and Gail in a doctor's office, rightfully saying Dawson is a teenager <laughs> and he should not be able to decide who lives or dies. Yeah. And then Tony Hale's like, it's state law. What the fuck is happening? I agree with you. Even in 2001, I was like, this does not make any fucking sense. You can't sign a legal document without your parents there if you're not 18. Yeah. And to like like give someone. And then if, if say that happened. Okay. He still would have to have his parents consent to any decision he made. Right. So that means the people in charge of who lives or dies are actually Mitch and Gail. Yep, absolutely. Also, putting a pin in all that and just saying like, okay, let's buy this premise, okay? Let's buy this premise. Okay, (laughs) you try, you try. try. 
The fact that Mr. Brooks knew that by having Dawson sign that paper, he was like putting him in the position where he might have to do this. Yes. Yeah. That seemed clear that he knew what was happening. Yes. Like, like, like Mr. Brooks is being this right. And Mr. Brooks is sold to us as this like curmudgeonly old guy that like develops a heart. And yet we're somehow supposed to still like him when he has done this last act alive is to put a teenager in the position to kill him. I I mean, that's hard for me. That's really hard for me. Right there with you. (laughs) This is fucking ridiculous oh my god so like mitch and gail are like this doesn't make sense you know and whatever and then like dawson's sitting there like he it's hard like james Vanderbeek, he's we love him but like he's not good at face acting we know yeah. this mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, let's just mm-hmm. we're gonna say that you know and so he's like supposed to be contemplating things but he's like stone cold dead face in a right. lot of scenes where like he wished he got a little bit more from him and then like you know as mitch and gail are kind of arguing over like mitch is like okay being practical and gail's being a little bit like stunned yeah. um dawson's like to the, to the doctor well will mr brooks wake up yeah what are the chances and, and the doctor's like i don't know but even if i did that wouldn't make the choice that much easier um yes it would i know <laughs> that's actually exactly what, what would happen <laughs> tony we know we know that you were just oh starting out my but God. boy who wrote that line Chris or Al, what I forget what their names Zach? are. Zach. <laughs> oh so, my God. Okay. So yeah, the doctor walks out and like Mitch is all business. He's like, yep, okay, we got to figure it. this out. You know, yep. we got to do this. And yep. Gail's just like, I don't want my baby boy <laughs> to kill someone. <laughs> Why is this happening? And right. Like y'all are the parents. You make this decision. What right. the fuck is going on? Because. The absurdity of the end of season two, where they're like, Joey, you have to do this. And you're like, oh, my God, you are the adult here. Absolutely. And like Mitch is like, right, that he's like, you know, we have to like, like, there's there's this because he kind of starts to be like the humane thing to do in this situation. And Gail's like, stop, Mitch, don't. And like Mitch is like, "Okay, you know, like, I don't want to be here, but here we are. Like, yeah, we're having to deal with this. And then Gail turns to Dawson and is like, (laughs) you don't have to make any decisions, you know. And Dawson says, Dawson says to his mother, I do. But how do I know what's best? And like, I'm just like, what planet am I on? Like, this is the first of many times where I say, oh, my God, this storyline. Yes. Because Mitch is like, Grams you know, is right there, and she's a nurse, and low key knows Mr. Brooks better than Dawson, and better than Mitch and Gale. Yes, like, and on top of that, we're supposed to believe Mr. Brooks went through the trouble to draft this document to like give Dawson control over what happens, but didn't draft a DNR, didn't draft like his next steps or what he wanted. Mm-hmm, he didn't mm-hmm, do that stuff, mm-hmm. but he like put Dawson in the position to decide. That is unbelievable. Right. Right. That is unbelievable. And then also this Mitch and Dawson, like back and forth where Mitch is like, or Dawson's like, how do I know what's best? And Mitch says, you won't. It's not that kind of choice. And like, honestly, I beg to differ. I know. It is that kind of choice. Like I have had to make this choice. 
Um, and it's that kind of choice. When someone is suffering and clearly dying, it is actually not that hard of a choice to make. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I mean, it's, it's not a fucking fun thing to have to yeah, deal with. It's not, yes. It's, it's like not nice. Difficult it's emotionally mentally difficult but like you know in terms of like weighing a pro and con list it's like if this person was young and healthy and had brain activity yeah i can see and just wasn't waking up that's a different this guy has pancreatic cancer and is in a coma and like the doctor's like pretty sure they're i don't know that they're gonna wake up or not (laughs) yeah it's like okay then start asking what happens when they do wake up if they do wake up what does that look like because that makes choices pretty goddamn easy let me tell you so anyway back to this ski trip (laughs) (laughs) okay um and so basie and joey are like sitting in their like dope ass hotel room i mean great massive and has its own fireplace oh my god Uh, sign me up yeah where do we go to that stoked he's like man it feels like last summer this is amazing yeah Joey, on the other hand, Uh, and like, she's just like, oh, my God, I'm freezing. Like, she's kind of like, she's just like, not like she does not want to deal with any part of what's happening. And so he has set her sight on not having fun. Yeah. And she's determined to not have fun. <laughs> and, and is succeeding admirably at that. Yes. Admirably endeavor. is not what I would use, but yes. <laughs> fair, fair point. So, you know, PZ's like, what if we, like, let's just, like, have some junk food, watch TV, and, like, you know. Yeah, like, lock the door, cuddle up. And I'm like, dude, that sounds hella fun. I mean, where do I sign up? Um, And he turns on the TV and there's, like, Skinamax playing. Yeah. And like it's funny. I don't know if even when you were a teenager, that shit would have been funny. Oh my you know? god! So Pacey laughs. Like yeah, he's, he's like this done. is funny. Joey is uncomfortable. Like so and uncomfortable. Pacey's trying to like you know acknowledge her feelings and being like, can't we just laugh about this? Yeah, like can we just laugh about sex? Like you can't run from it. It's like everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it's like food and air. And then Joey says, can't we breathe something else? Which like, girl, what are you talking about? What is this line? I don't know. And uh, PC's just like, and I'm just like, I thought y'all agreed you need to talk about these things more. Right. <laughs> like, this does not seem like that's happening. Oh, my <laughs> this God. This seems like two people who are avoiding a subject that they know that they're avoiding now. Yeah, and that's, like, not getting them anywhere. It's only making it worse, you know? Right. And, you know, and Pacey's just like, it's impossible for us to ignore this. And she's like, look, last week was really awkward, and I don't want to, you know, continue that. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm like, you're still thinking the solution is to ignore it? That's what fucking got you here, lady. Right. No, I know. (laughs) But, but like, Joey doubles down on that solution. I know. Oh, boy. Yeah. And she's like, I mean, and that's my thing is like, you could just talk about this, like actually talk about it. And then the tension actually would go away. Or even if it didn't go away, you were at least like at a like understanding or like on the same page. Yeah. Like felt a little bit better about it, you Mm -hmm. know? And like, I don't know, or like you were working towards an understanding or you were like fulfilling the agreement that you made at the end of your fight. You know, when you end a fight, you make an agreement as to like, how you're going to move forward 
Sure. You're not fulfilling the end of that. You're not agreeing to what you said. Like, so those fights are going to still keep bubbling up if you don't try to address those issues. Right. That's how it works, you know? Totally. Um, And Pacey's like, I'm fine. Like, I'm relaxed. Like, we're all good. He's like, I'm on vacation. And Joey's Joey then just says, we're in complete agreement. And like, Pacey's like, I don't know what we're agreeing about. I'm like, yeah, like, because you didn't say anything, Joey, because you're not saying anything. Yeah. And then she says, like, it's hard because it's just really hard to understand where she's coming from. Like, of course, I understand that she's like completely scared about sex because I've been there, you know? Sure. But to be in this relationship where we do see them have growth within their communication and see actual space within communication and to have talked, you know, not the best, but at least had some conversations about sex and where mm-hmm. they're at mm-hmm. to see her behave like this is like it's really fucking hard it's just it's so frustrating because like you know i think at the beginning of this season we kept pointing out the fights when the when they would have fights and we were like you know it's actually like the way that they fight is actually good mm-hmm. like it's productive mm-hmm. you know and like it's okay that they're having the fights it's just that like this has changed entirely in tone, right? These, this fight, right. and it's like, it's weird because it like doesn't even seem like they're in a fight. They're just very awkward or like, or she's just very awkward around him. She's like, it seems like she's trying to start a fight. Like right. that's the way it feels is that like, she's just like, he's like, oh, I'm having fun. And she's like, no, you're not. And like, she's <laughs> trying to like start a fight with yeah. him and yeah. to be like near impossible to be around, which like maybe is one of her coping skills to not have sex with him. But it's hard to watch because like we know how much she loves him. And like, I don't know, it's really hard to see like right. at this point in the game, you know, at this far yeah. along in their relationship. Absolutely. And like, she's just like, I want this weekend to not be about sex. And Pacey's like, it doesn't have to be. It's fine. I mean, it's like, duh, you spent three months not fucking, like, on a boat. Like, your relationship isn't about sex. Like, it's about so much more than that. Totally. Totally. Like, she, it's like she's the one making it about sex and then blaming Pacey because she made it about sex. Yeah, and, like, I want to give Joey some credit that, like, other people are making it about sex, too. Like, people keep, like, Drew and, like... Mm -hmm. people keep like butting into their relationship to ask about it mm-hmm. and it's like yeah i mean that sucks and like and totally. i know and, and it's like you don't I have to it. sit next to drew <laughs> you don't yeah yeah exactly so jen is 100 percent me when she's injured she's just <laughs> like I, this may need to be amputated I'm like, it's awful. Um, I definitely, when I'm like mildly injured, I'm a huge baby. And, <laughs> and like, if I'm, if I know I'm very injured, I'm like quiet and brave. And that's how you can tell if I'm very injured. <laughs> if I'm like, no, yeah, I think we might need a doctor. That means I'm like, I've broken something. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jack's like, do you want me to call a doctor? And she's like, no, no, I think I'll be fine. And yeah, he's like, just I bruised. just want to fun you know and she's just like this is gonna be miserable i need you to take my help me take my pants off so i can take a bath and he's like "Ooh, that feels a little bit inappropriate to me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she's like what the fuck man (laughs) you're gonna have it's so bizarre i don't really get it because he has a sister so like i don't understand like you know and they're like best friends like it's she's not like well, Will you shave my legs or I don't know what it would be like, <laughs> like a wild request, you know? 
I mean, I have multiple questions. One of which, like, Jack says he can't help her with her pants because he's a boy and she's a girl and there are boundaries and rules. And I'm like, ah, I mean, it doesn't feel like the problem. Yeah. Like, like I'm just like on the one hand, like, you know, maybe that's the way his parents raised him. And like, mm-hmm. I love that they're establishing boundaries. I don't think that's what really happened. Cause we, you know, yeah. know his parents didn't really raise him, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it's like this weird thing that they like interject and you're like, I don't get this. Like, you know, and it's like, is this, supposed to further this weird storyline that we have with Pacey and Joey happening. Right. I don't know. Cause Jen's like, why stop clinging to your macho conventions of what isn't, isn't appropriate, which like I get, I love like, okay, mm-hmm. like gender has nothing to do with any of this, but also yeah. Jack seems uncomfortable in his drawing line and like, hello, Jen, please listen to at least one line that, Jen, yeah. that Jack is. Drawing. That Jack has. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, it's it's weird and then also, like, brings up a ton of weird questions that, like, don't seem to have anything to do with anything. And, like, maybe we never really hear about these again. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, like, Jen starts getting okay. undressed and Jack's, like, yeah. uncomfortable. And then, like, he, he like, yeah, he, like, says, like, do you want me to take off my clothes in front of you? And Jen's kind of like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like forget i asked yeah, like, i like, don't okay. understand what's happening I know. okay it's, that's the weirdest fucking scene i know it's not it's not the weirdest scene in this episode no, but it's, it's weird. not unfortunately <laughs> so, so we go to mr brooks's house where dawson is looking at film film <laughs> his film uh-huh. it's on film uh-huh. <laughs> what the fuck okay uh-huh, and uh-huh. Gretchen comes in with a picnic basket yeah and she's just like trying to be a good girlfriend she's like hey yeah. I got ch- cheese and crackers just thought like you could use a little break and <laughs> he's like I hope you only brought one type of cracker because I can't handle any more decisions <laughs> look this is a stupid line but also I felt it deeply <laughs> because <laughs> I was literally just having a conversation with someone who who like said that they didn't know what to do for someone they knew who was grieving and I was like bring them food because honestly like that's a cliche for a reason it is so yeah, nice yeah. when you're going you through that to, to just decide like, what to cook or anything yeah. yeah you don't want to do anything so like there's a part of me that was like that was a dumb way of saying that but it is real like I hear that <laughs> um here's again when I say this storyline is laughable Okay. Yeah. Uh, Gretchen sits down and she she's like really intensely listening to him. And yeah. Dawson reminds us how absurd this story is. Uh-huh. He barely knew this guy and he's a senior and he should be on his senior's trip instead of making stupid decisions. Uh-huh. That's true. <laughs> okay. That's true. And Gretchen's like, adulthood is never nice. Gretchen, you're 21. <laughs> Girl. I mean... And Dawson's me. Not now, Gretchen. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and like, then, like, Dawson's, like, asks her who the first family member she knew that died. And Gretchen's like, oh, yeah, my grandpa when I was eight. On her birthday. On her birthday. <laughs> That's a random thing that, like, did not need to be there. And it's um, kind of fucked up. Like, yeah, anyways, sucks. yeah. Although my dad died on my mom's birthday, so uh, I know, yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it changes the meaning of that day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, and Dawson tells her he doesn't know anyone close to him that has died. 
Yeah. So like his grandpa died when he was only two. So right. like, he doesn't yeah. remember it. Yeah. And so he's like, I don't know why Mr. Brook chose me for this. Yeah. And then, oh my God. Okay. I know. I know. So Gretchen tells Dawson that he has great judgment and that's what Brooks saw, <laughs> which I have questions about, but moving on. Gretchen thinks that Brooks saw how old Dawson's heart is. Heart? <laughs> that, that Dawson would make the right choice. I'm sorry. Can I'm we not? Oh my god. I, I just want to say, like, to like it's wild and like kind of hilarious, like it's that that happens in this show. But like the only thing that helps in a situation like this is having talked about it. Yeah. Or like getting counsel from people that knew this person. If you feel like you're the one to make the decision, but Dawson feels like all this weight is on his shoulders. And it's like, no, this is like a time in which you like, your parents do help you. Like your dad said, you know, Gretchen's still trying to help him. She says the only thing that you should say in this situation is like, whatever choice you make will be the right choice. Like that is, yeah what you say to people but you also like help talk them through it which is like i guess what gretchen's trying to do like you know dawson's like still at the point where he's struggling with the point that doesn't matter he's like why did mr brooks choose me for this And you're like dude that doesn't matter yeah (laughs) move on (laughs) move on totally but also i want to say like big issue up here right but also what i want to say too is like so, so my my dad was sick for a very very long time before he died. He had congestive heart failure. When he when I was six, he went into the hospital and they told us he was probably not going to come out. So like this was a fact for my family that my father was probably going to die young, and like we talked about what people wanted. Like we have talked about what my dad wanted. We talked about what my mom wanted. It made it easier. And that's why this thing where like Dawson gets this thing sprung on him, having not talked about this at all with this person, like it's like, that's the only thing that makes that decision easier is like having had a conversation with that person about what they want. (laughs) So like, and that's why I'm like, why is Graham's not involved in this? Because actually those two might have had that conversation. They might have talked about it. Absolutely. Right. Because we knew, you know, Mr. Brooks is dying for, you know, as a viewer for a few episodes. And like, right. and Graham's admitted she knew it from the, you know, get go. So it's yeah. like, I don't like, this is so fucking bizarre. Oh my God. It's the stupidest storyline. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And like, we go back to I call this little town Hogsmeade. It was like <laughs> I don't know where they were, but it seemed like know. the town that was like near the like place that they were staying. So right. in I mean, my mind that's my Hogsmeade. Dream, they're like back in the town where Aunt Gwen lives, but like, you know, that's not true. Right. But anyways. Uh, yeah, Aunt Pacey Gwen. and Joey walk up to a restaurant and they're like hella awkward. And Jen and Jack come up behind and they're like, they're like cute. They're like, hey, we're all friends, you know? And it's just like, okay, Joey, girl, if you don't want to make this week in a way about sex, then you know what you do? You hang out with your friends. You make it about your friends. Yeah. You may, what? 
I don't yeah. know. Like, it's like, how many times can we tell Joey? Like, you need friends, girl. You need <laughs> friends. You do. Come on, and, Joe. You know, they Jack and Jen are like, oh, let's go grab pizza. Like, there's this place down the way. So it looks so great. You know, it's like, you know, it's like call or high school pricing too. You know, yeah. I'm and just. I, like, I have a question for you. Wait, huh. what would you pay to have had this foursome on any other double date this season? Oh my god, that would have been so fun. I would have loved it. I mean, I would pay anything to watch this foursome hang out. Yeah, totally. Like, go bowling yeah <laughs> jack hates bowling i know that's why i love it because him and joey would be like <laughs> bitter Pouting together in corner. <laughs> and jen and facey would be like sneaking beer <laughs> yeah and just like giggling and just being hilarious and i would have fucking loved it you yeah, know same because same. i love pacey and jen's friendship and i love jack and joey's friendship so exactly. like it's really cute like you know yeah um so yeah, as, as Jen, Joey's like, that sounds fun. And she's actually really sweet. She asks Jen if she's okay. And Jen falls again. <laughs> Look, and it's like my favorite fall. It's the, like, the cartoon the, one. The cartoon where one your legs fly up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also that's the third like Pratt fall from Jen this season, which like, I'm not complaining about because it's funny. But also like, how is it that Jen's character has basically been reduced to someone that just eats shit randomly? I don't know. It's very wild. I, don't know. I mean, I I know that Gina told us that she was filming something, so she wasn't in the show a lot in season four. Yeah. And like, I so I try to give. I would be much meaner if I didn't know that. I would be like, "What yeah. the fuck?" But like, um, but I mean, it, and like, also like her hair looks really wild this episode, but Dawson's looks worse. So like, yeah. we're giving that a pass too. Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> I think her hair might be a wig. Oh, do you think she had to like? Oh, like. Like the front part it uh-huh. looks like because you know she wears a lot of those bandanas too, like yeah, the yeah. kerchiefs or whatever. Uh-huh. It looks like the front part is real, but the rest is a wig. Oh, I don't know. Okay, all right. So it seems like a bunch of their class is eating at this pizza place because when we go to sit, Pacey and Joey are at a table that also includes Anna and Drew. But not Jack and Jack. Why? I know. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening, Joey? Like, come on. I know that this is for the show or whatever, but you don't have to sit next to Drew. <laughs> yeah. He assaulted you. He cares too much about your virginity. You're not fucking friends with him. You actually hate him. Yeah. So you don't have to sit there. Yeah. And Anna is giving basically the same speech we gave a few weeks ago about how much sex one could possibly have in a geoprism. I know. But she's talking about a Dodge Neon, <laughs> which is bigger than a geoprism, but not by much. So, I mean, same same rules yeah. apply. <laughs> yeah. And we're, again, supposed to be like, oh, Anna, what a slut. But, like, I don't think that. Don't, like, whatever. <laughs> True. She's speaking truth. I know. Um, and Drew, of course, immediately senses Joey's discomfort. And mm-hmm. it's like, what's the matter, Potter? And like, no personal experiences to contribute. And like, you don't know she hasn't sucked Pacey's dick in a fucking Dodge Neon. Shut the fuck up, Drew. <laughs> I mean, it would have been in the Wagoneer, which you could. I know, but it's just like this thing that's so fucking disgusting is that we're supposed to believe she and Pacey have only kissed because she's so pure. And you just go from <laughs> kissing to fucking. And it's just right. like. I just don't believe that. No, me too. me too. So like, I mean, if I'm, I, fine. She didn't fuck him on the boat. Fine. Okay. I get that. I, I mean, 
I don't buy it, but really whatever. think they've never done anything else. Like, right. come, come on. on. Come on. I mean, we were both, what is she supposed to be, 17? Yeah. We were both 17-year-old girls once. There's other things happening, even if yeah. you're not having sex. I mean, even if you are having sex, there's other things happening. I know. Happening. Like, you know... And it's like, I don't I do. know. I mean, this is a problem on TV shows, obviously, right. that's like, you know, sex or nothing. It's like, oh, come on, whatever. Like, well, she's it, definitely a sexual experience. There's And there's like some kind of like idea that like all of the other stuff is like really dirty. <laughs> and I'm just like, like, where? how can we disabuse ourselves of that notion? I know. And like, honestly, don't you think she sucked J- Jack's dick? She- <laughs> that's an interesting question um i mean if i would be i would be shocked if she hadn't given him a handy j like like she saw his erect penis at eye level like no, you totally. know like i totally. don't know whatever anyway maybe she almost not sucked, sucked him. it but i know, you know i know like, we're supposed to believe she almost fucked him so you're just like i don't know this idea that joey lacks experience like i just don't buy it i agree with you i agree with you also i think i want to just like a kind of a 180 but at this table that they're at i really miss jen because i think she would have defended joey yes yes and i i and i like wish that i could have seen that i know but joey kind of defends herself and has this great response about the amount of sexual pleasure the average teen girl gets from the average team guy and which is negligible at best and i'm like no but it's such a dig at pacey it's Oh, that's interesting that you see it that way. I saw it as a dig at Drew, but it is inadvertently a dig at Pacey. <laughs> I didn't see it like that, but yeah, you're right. Um, But I thought it was, I don't know. I, I no, like- no, that's her point is that she's like, I'm going to get a dig at, you know, Drew. And like, yeah. like I just have maintained throughout. She never considered, I don't see her considering Pacey's feelings, you know? Right. I don't think Pacey took it that way. But like when I'm watching this, I'm like, well, in my mind, you've had sexual acts with Pacey. And now you're saying that you don't get any pleasure from them. <laughs> Which like, why are we talking about your pleasure right now? Like, th- like yeah. if you want to keep sex on the table, t- don't, why are you talking about that? It's just like, it's yeah. really weird situation that Joey always puts herself into. Yeah, it's just like, true. walk away from this asshole. Yeah. I mean, you're, that part is definitely correct, but also, you know, I do think a way to shut a boy like Drew up is to do something or say something like that. You know what I mean? And like. It would be great if Pacey and Joey were actually having conversations and Pacey could know that, you know, whatever she's feeling is not the thing that's coming out of her mouth. But mm-hmm. um, so anyway, Drew. Yeah. So Anna stands up for guys, you know, yeah. and like um, and Drew's like, girls have it so easy. <laughs> because there's no performance anxiety yes there absolutely is and Uh, once they decide to do it all they have to do is ask which like is not my experience i mean kind of but not totally and then they should be the ones carrying the condoms around in their wallet so shall we go piece by piece yeah Uh, women absolutely anxiety without a doubt Uh, totally been told to shame our bodies and then you ask us to get naked in front of you (laughs) okay okay and also at this point in time every cosmo article was about how to please a man 
Yes. And so there was a big like pressure. I remember feeling it. Please him. Yeah. Yes. Um, second, the thing about asking girls just have to ask is some patriarchal nonsense that Mm -hmm. assumes that boys, all boys want to do is have sex. Yes. And that is just absolutely not true. Mm -hmm. And toxic for men. Yeah. (laughs) And then women are almost always the people responsible for birth control. So, like, is it really that much to ask that you have a condom? Well, I think everyone should hold a condom. Like, Absolutely. This storyline about the condom, even in 2001, was so disgusting to me. Why are we having any shame associated with anyone having a condom in their possession? Are you kidding me? That is the most responsible thing you can do. So we're supposed to – so Joey is, like, disgusted that Drew's having safe sex? Well – I mean, it's weird because like if if I mean, I agree with you, if you're having sex with someone that has a penis, you should, you know, like if you if it's a possibility that you will have sex with someone that has a penis, you should carry a condom. Mm -hmm. But also, we're about to talk about condoms and wallets. Don't carry your condom in your wallet. Don't do that. But my thing is like, absolutely. In 2001, we are the generation that got like fucking scary sex ed like mm-hmm. where it's like you absolutely must have safe sex all the time otherwise you will die like that is literally like the yeah. sex ed that we got yeah <laughs> and and like no nuance not a lot of nuance to that conversation either it was like mm-hmm. and so my thing with this is like absolutely there's no shame that these guys carry condoms and also statistically speaking women are the people that are in charge of birth control because we're the people that or i mean sorry people with uteruses and who can get pregnant are the ones in charge of birth control because we're the ones who get pregnant right (laughs) but a condom's like the only way to prevent stds absolutely anyways this is so bizarre and so joey focuses as usual on the exact wrong thing yeah and is like not every guy walks around with a condom in his wallet, like all defensive. And I'm like, who gives a shit if they do? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, it's like association with sex and morality, you know, like yeah. that's where she's drawing this conclusion of like, it's like, it's like this fucking twisted George W. Bush 90s 2000 thing. If you give them condoms, they're going to have sex. If you give them a needle exchange, they're going to do drugs. I went to college with a needle exchange down the street. Did I ever fucking do heroin? I didn't. I don't know. That's not how that shit works. If a person has a condom, like, I don't get that. Like, it's just this weird false equivalence that like Joey, our hero, our good girl, always places and it's really fucking toxic. It's wild. And like, so they, all the boys like take condoms out of their wallets. Again, cannot stress enough. Do not carry a condom in your wallet. It is it, it's not like that long. Like if you're going to go on a date with a girl, you can put it yeah. in there, but not like long term. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for that qualification. <laughs> and Pacey is like, oh, I don't have my wallet. I forgot it at the lodge. And Joey looks at him like, oh, mad that he <laughs> lied. I can't. I can't. I I wish everyone could have just seen your face. That was maybe my favorite face you've made (laughs) this whole podcast. 
Uh, girl, I've had a fucking enough of you right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I honestly, my reaction is just like, who fucking cares about this? Like, I don't understand. I already told you he's ready to have sex with you. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's really hard to watch her behave like this. Absolutely. Like, you know? like, why are you letting Drew get to you? Like, first off. Hey. We wouldn't be in this situation if you didn't sit at a table with your nemesis. Like, don't right. do that. Right. You, why are you doing that? You know, right. like, and like, and then you're like constantly want to one up him and get like, Drew doesn't give a fuck. You being like, you don't give girls pleasure. You think Drew gives a fuck about that? Like, yeah. he doesn't. He cares about you being uncomfortable. So right. eliminate that possibility from him by not being in his presence, you yeah. know? Like, you're yeah. not going to one-up this guy. Like, come on, you know? Totally. And then, so they leave the restaurant, and, like, the rest of the group kind of, like, walks away, and Joey stops Pacey and, like, asks about his wallet, and he pulls it out. And she's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> and, yeah. He pulls, he pulls it out. If there's a condom in it, and, like, she just, like, hands it music plays <laughs> mine my my note is dramatic piano plays <laughs> oh my god yeah we're li- and they zoom in on pacey's face while this music plays like we're supposed to be like oh no <laughs> dun 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 oh my god he wants to fuck her we've already established that we talked about the last episode he has a desire to have sex with her I just don't see a problem with that. Well, and so my note was like, I was trying to get into my 17 year old headspace. of like, mm-hmm. you know, just like, okay. Like I sex is, you know, nerve wracking, no matter what age you are and how much you've had, like, for, like the first time having sex with someone it's, I think it's always nerve wracking, but like, I'm trying to get back into my 17 year old headspace. And like, I understand that, that the fact that he has a condom could make you a little bit nervous that there like is the prospect of having sex that like you have what you need in order to do that. But like, that's as far as I get with that, like that line of thought is like, yeah, okay. I could see that being like, oh shit. Like that's, you know, yeah, that's not the excuse if I don't want to do it. Right. Like, not that right. you need an excuse, but like kind of in your head how you might think that like, oh, we are yeah, prepared. Like, I mean, I definitely agree. But like we had that whole episode of Joey being like, you I have know. to prepare. You have to prepare. So this idea that like Pacey being prepared is somehow like toxic behavior, but her preparing like is it is like really weird. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. Um, so then we jump cut to the church at the hospital. (laughs) What is this episode? It's so wild. Oh my God. So so Dawson like finds Grams and like, kind of like just starts asking her if like she comes here to pray. And like Grams is like, yeah, but also for the quiet. And then Dawson's like, well, what do you pray for? (laughs) And like, Graham's like, I pray for those I love and those who are no longer with me. And then she asks about Dawson in prayer. And he's like, I haven't prayed since I was a kid. But even then, it was like more of a wish, which I guess okay. I, this right. is not my wheelhouse. So I'm not going to comment. But like, 
you know, she asked and him like basically. Mostly she prayed for things he was too scared to ask for, you know? Right. And she's like, well, what are you praying for now? And we're like, Dawson isn't religious. Like, I don't. Right. Okay. And he says he doesn't know. And like, I, I think that's actually like, that's real, you know? Yeah. And he says, like, do I pray for him to make it or do we pray for him to die? Like, let him out of his suffering. And, like, my thing is, like, that is fucking real. Yeah. That is really real. <laughs> I the get thing that. Is, like, about this scene is that you, they make Graham's, like, a lot be like, oh, she's the religious leader. She's the spiritual leader of this show. And she is. But, like, Dawson doesn't come to her for advice. Right. Ever. Ever. He also didn't you know, like really ask Gretchen for advice. He's like asking these questions or whatever. Mm -hmm. Let's see who he says to what should I do? Mm -hmm. Who he asked that of. Okay, we'll note that. Because mm -hmm. he says he's looking for something to confirm his instincts. And then like Grams is like, well, what are those? And he says to keep waiting. Mm -hmm. and, and she's like, okay, let's do that together. Yeah. Um. And then just to jar you completely, the song that is supposed to play over the scene we're going to is Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. Oh my God. Um, so, I mean, just throw that. I mean, like, okay. Okay. I hope there was a commercial break in between those two things. There had to have been. There had to have been. So anyway, because it's the next day and Jack comes up to sit with Joey, who is like watching people ice skate. I guess. And I don't know. And he says this place has a super John Hughes vibe. And honestly, I do not see that. I don't. I mean, I guess just as like teens or whatever. In and high like, school. <laughs> okay. And she's just fucking mean. Well, Jack's okay. Wait, Jack says this is some old youth Americana stuff like ice skating, mini golf, arcades, nostalgia for a time they never really experienced. And I'm like, really? Because I did all of, well, I didn't ice skate, but that's because I'm from California. But like, I did almost all of those things in high school. And like, yeah. I, so I don't understand what you're like. <laughs> and I'm I the exact age of this character. I don't know. So anyway. Okay. Yeah. So Joey is like, oh, I'm in a funk. And Jack's like, well, like, what's your problem? Yeah. What's your problem? And she's like, sex. Sex is always my problem. <laughs> and and then she, we it's really, it's really like, I love it's sweet. But in another way, it's sad to me that she can have this really vulnerable nuanced conversation with jack and not with pacey i agree with you 100 percent because in this moment is when we finally hear what joey's actual hang-up is mm -hmm. like we actually mm -hmm. hear her say the thing that she's afraid of yeah and she tells us like she has this conviction about waiting until the right moment about not feeling guilty or obligated and she doesn't and she doesn't know what to do with that. Yeah. And like, and then and Jack. Yeah, he's such a good friend to her. Yeah. He gives her great advice. Yeah. He's like, maybe there isn't a right or wrong choice, but a bunch of choices. Yeah. Oh, such good advice. That's great advice. And like, Jack's like, you don't need help. Like, just what do you feel? Yeah. And she's like, I feel fear. Yeah. And and he just says, like, look, the exciting things in life take courage. 
And the kind of fear you're talking about is sometimes how you know something's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is take a deep breath and a leap. Yep. And then we get the most wild ass cut to a hospital bed. That one really jarred me because when was the commercial break after this scene or before it? I don't know. I don't know. After the Jack and Joey scene. What I don't the know. Fuck? But Andy Griffith walks <laughs> into Mr. Brooks's hospital room. And he's um, just like, okay. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I, I don't think I knew that that was Andy Griffith. Um, I remember being like, oh, that guy's famous, but I didn't know who he was. Like, yeah. So he gives this, like, speech. Andy Griffith He just walks does. in and he's like, we don't know who he is. And he's like, you won, you bastard. And yeah. we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> cutting from cutting from Jack and or yeah, Jack and Joey to this old dude being like, you won, you bastard. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> he says, you get to see her first. And then and, we see Dawson sitting there in the obscure, half obscure dark, like right. with his face acting, which I've already commented on, but not great. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. And like he, Dawson kind of can't believe this guy is here. And he's like, you know, the guy who basically quote unquote stole Brooks's girl. Yeah. Um, And he's like, Andy Griffith can tell that Dawson recognizes him mm-hmm. and is like, you know, not many people remember those old pictures, especially not young people. And this is where I was like, in an art imitates life moment, I admit I did not know this was Andy I Griffith know. until I looked it up in this <laughs> while watching for this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. And then he calls Dawson uh, Mr. Brooks' grandson. And, yeah. and Dawson's like, I'm not his grandson, just a fan. And Dawson's Swim like, I thought, yeah, I thought y'all haven't spoken in 40 years. Yeah. And Andy Griffith tells him he they haven't, but he wrote last month yeah. and said he'd been a fool and ask for forgiveness. And I was like, forgiveness for what? The only person Brooks ever hurt was himself. Yeah. Like. So true. But here is where I started crying. Um, <laughs> I mean, as much he, as this is wild, I, I yeah, did cry. <laughs> and and andy griffith's like i thought about calling you know arthur when ellie died because Mm -hmm. he's the only one who would have understood and then dawson's like well what stopped you and and andy griffith's like i mean it would have hurt mr brooks more than it than me like i got a lifetime with her and like you know mr brooks didn't get that life yeah and he and he says, but all that time he had that part of her soul, you give your first love. And when he goes, he'll be with her. I suppose that's always that's how it should have always been. Don't love this. Honestly, oh, don't love this sentiment. God. No. And interestingly, it just gets worse. It does. I mean, you know, so. I mean, what I want to say is that, like, this Andy Griffith character, like, knew a real human woman mm-hmm. and, like, knew her in a way that Brooks never did. They had, he yeah. says that they had three kids together, like, you know, and, like, and it still wasn't enough. Yeah. He didn't have possession over her complete heart. Like, but it's she also- was impure <laughs> because she loved someone before him. I, like, I don't know if I read it that way. I read it more like somehow, like, Brooks still has ownership of her in some way. Like, like, yeah, I mean, I think that, yes, not, I, mean, it, I don't have, I don't put any of it on the woman. I think it's all these no. two men, like, yeah, being wild. But, like, 
Andy Griffith then like says goodbye and thanks for writing and staying until he could say goodbye, which is the part that actually killed me. Yeah, that part was really sad. (laughs) And then Dawson begs the random white dude for help. Yeah. Not the Mm -hmm. woman he's known his whole life. This Uh random white dude comes in and he says to him, what should I do? Yeah. Yeah. And like Andy Griffith is like, I'm like, I am not qualified to make a decision like that. I haven't talked to this guy in 40 years. Yeah. (laughs) And Andy Griffith is like, in a situation like this, all that's required is a little faith. And I like, I, I don't know what that means. But then Andy Griffith is like, tells him that faith is believing in something when common sense tells you not to, which is apparently a quote from Miracle on the 34th Street. Which I like. I was like, "What is happening in this scene?" You, put, you brought Andy Griffith to fucking Wilmington, North Carolina, and then made him say this. What are you fucking doing? <laughs> because then we're supposed to find yeah. out why Mr. Brooks picked Dawson. They're so the same because Andy yeah. Griffith's like Arthur thought all of life's answers could be found in the movies, and it's like all of life's mysteries can be found in a Spielberg. You know, uh, all the answers can be yeah. found in a Spielberg movie. You know, yeah. and we're supposed to be like, oh man, see, they are so similar. Yeah, Andy Griffith calls Dawson a kindred spirit and then leaves. And Which- Dawson like crosses his arms and thinks, I don't. <laughs> but then we cut to Jack. <laughs> going into Jen's room or to their room and like Jen has managed to get the mini bar open <laughs> which like girl this is why you hang with Jen people yeah. why have we not caught on and she was like in, she she's was like, drunk oh. she's drunk she's like I yeah. was I was feeling shitty because I fell all this time and I decided to drink instead of taking Advil so yeah. I've made that choice before cannot begrudge her <laughs> And Jack sits down with her and <laughs> says it looks pathetic, you know? Yeah. And he's like, "I." she's like, are you tired? And he's like, no, I'm awake. I'm so awake. And yeah. I just don't want to play by the rules anymore. I want to do something reckless and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and she like pours him a drink. <laughs> and he's and like, he's is like- there anything wild you want to do? And she's like, I want to sit here with you. Yeah. I and feel they that, cheers. Yeah. I know. And so then we go to Joey, her hotel room. They, she opens the door and Anna is like there in a bikini reminding them about how there are hot tubs. Yeah. And Joey's <laughs> just rude, of course, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. And it's just like, OK, that's not even that weird. Isn't that a common thing? Hot? T- I think someone messaged us about hot tubs yeah, in the winter. Someone did. Yeah. Apparently, this is a thing that you people who do snow get. <laughs> Um, so we believe closed- you. We believe yeah. you, but we are having a hard time processing. Um, cause, and Joey's like, look, Anna, we get it. And like, Anna's like, wasn't sure if it was clear. And the way Katie Holmes says crystal is like season one, Joey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. So she closes the door and turns to Pacey and she just goes in on him. I know. She's like, because Paisley kind of chuckled, was like chuckling behind her when she like yeah. 
rips Anna a new one, but yeah, with just one word. I know. Crystal. Um, Joey's like, don't you have anything to say about this? This like virtually topless female, which like, P.S. She's in a bikini. She is not yeah, she, virtually topless. Some, yeah. She comes in and she asks you to come out and play and you're telling me you don't care. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did not invite her to come to this. Yeah, like, I know that this is a narrative in the 90s and 2000s, but, like, men aren't so, like, uncontrolled by the female body that they just, like, turn into a total monster and need to, like, you know, whatever. That, like, weird purity culture. Dude, whoo, it was, it was, it permeated. Yeah. Um, Because Pacey's like, you know, no matter what I say, you're just going to take it wrong. Like, which is a hundred percent true. Totally true. <laughs> and she just gets mad at him. Yeah. And Pacey just points out the obvious. He's like, yeah. "Sure, glad we tabled that sex convo." And she eyebrow raises him. <laughs> yeah, she does. And he's like, "This has been a shitty weekend." Yeah. And it's like, "Come on, Joey, you acknowledge you were rude to Jack for out of the blue, you know?" Right. So like. It, like come on you know like you've been able to see this about yourself and the way you're behaving like come on because then joey is like you know she this girl is what you want isn't she like someone who's fun and experienced and eager eager to help you make this a truly memorable weekend and pacey's like um i want you like i don't know where basically like and and it's one of these things where it's like these are the moments that i do feel some sympathy for joey in that i'm like i get it you're fucking scared shitless and yeah and, like, you think that, like, by this girl coming to the door, there's, like, hey, this is the thing you actually, like, she's she's offering you the thing you really want. Mm-hmm. And, like, that that kind of, like, insecurity, like, I, I do yeah. have some sympathy yeah. for. But also, like, you don't have to be a dick to him about it. Yeah. Like, it, I totally said the same thing. It's, like, I get her insecurities. It's just hard that she doesn't see, like, like how she's treating Pacey and how like she's treating herself, you know, right. and like how like her behavior, like uh, like her anger towards this woman is like really unacceptable, you know, and like, and, like unnecessary. Yeah, you know, like and that she and and then again, like I said, it's hard that she could have this total vulnerable conversation with Jack and with Pacey. She just like puts things like puts makes up a narrative and then puts that on him Mm -hmm. yeah so joey then is like you know kind of cracks a little bit and is like i don't doubt that you want me but like like, there's no sense in me arguing the point if you're so eager to refute it right and she's like you know i just like don't know why you want me or for what reason and then Pacey is like, if I was here for sex, I would have left a long time <laughs> I ago. Know. We've been dating for nine fucking months. Like, yeah. We were on a boat alone for three <laughs> months. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Must I yell it again? And he's like, you know, but like, I'm not going to feel guilty for wanting to have sex with a person that I love. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. And Joey's it's like, well, not a bad thing, you know? And she cries and she creates this false binary and she's right. like, oh, but it's there's something wrong with not wanting to. And it's like, hold up, Joey, you do want to have sex. Yeah, with you've okay. admitted that you've, you've said admitted that. that. Yeah. So no, no, no. You do want to have sex with him. You're not ready. And that's also not what he's saying either. Right. That's not a problem. 
Uh, yeah, because he's like, you know, that's not what I'm saying. I know you're scared, but like, you're not telling me what you're scared of. Yeah, you and, want us to be scared together, but I don't know what you're scared of. And he says, I think you know what you're scared of, but you're too afraid to say his name. Yeah, <laughs> she, he's like, I think you know what you're scared, but you're too scared to say his name. <laughs> his name. <laughs> and it's like, bam, finally, we're talking about this, I mean, you know? Yeah. And she gets like super self-righteous She's immediately. So mad. She's like, Dawson? As if it's like unbelievable to say, come on, girl. And I she's know. like, it's not fair. You can't bring up his name every time something goes wrong in our relationship. Right. And like, honestly, and- if Pacey stops her, like, and yeah. he's like, okay, fine. And, and and like, if this were not true, if Dawson was not the thing holding her back, I'd be pissed at Pacey for saying what he said. Yeah. But like, he is 100% right. Yeah, no, I mean she's framing it as if he's like totally absurd for her, you know, even saying that and like, you know, and like, it's, it's hard to be on her side because as the viewer, we, we agree with him. And then as this episode unfolds, he's proven correct, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, and he like, again, he gets so honest with her Uh and, and we don't see that reciprocated, you know? Absolutely. Because he says, you know what I'm scared of? I'm not scared of whether we sleep together. I'm scared of that piece of your heart that will always belong to Dawson. Just like a little callback to this previous scene with yeah, Andy exactly. Griffith. And I'm scared that the piece of you that always envisions your first time being with him. I'm scared that of that part of you that doesn't want it to be me. I'm like, finally, <laughs> some truth up in here. And this is like, my thing is like, this is the, her reaction to this is what brings down relationships. Yes. Because she's like fucking pissed, even though what he's doing is being honest. And instead of being like, wow, that one hurt that like, Mm -hmm. I hate that you feel that way. She is lashing out at him. Yeah. And like. It's My so thing- hard to watch. Like, again, I know we're, we're kids and we don't know how to fight and we don't know how to take these really harsh criticisms that are truths, but we don't want to admit are true. Like, mm-hmm. I totally understand it. But like, they've sold us that they talked about Pacey and Dawson and, you know, and the situation on the boat, you know, that they mm-hmm. had these conversations about her wanting to be friends with him and that like, you know, and we've seen the, the couple fight about Dawson be you know, as an before. entity, mm-hmm. you know, before. So like, it, it's hard to really think Joey has any, you know, footing to stand on. Well, and like, how is he wrong to be scared of this? Like, look she, at how you're acting. Yeah. Like, and, and she, cause she's like, that's how you feel with a tone that like, I had to press pause. Yeah. yeah. I seriously was like, I cannot. But then she, like, kind of starts crying. Mm -hmm. And she's like, why did you stay and stick around for nine months if that's what you believe? And Pacey just, like, kind of gives this flippant answer where he's like, I'm a glutton for punishment and leaves. And then Joey, like, really starts crying. Yeah. I'm sorry not to laugh. She's lucky he didn't say, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm going to go stay with Jack and Jen. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. So speaking of Jack and Jen. (laughs) They're wasted. Wasted. And Jack tells her Jen that he's a lousy drunk and becomes sullen and introspective, 
when he's drunk but good drunks can have fun when they're drunk and like Jen's just like the best friend right now like she can't have a boundary around Toby but like right now she's great I know and she's like you know you're great like I love this yeah yeah and um yeah he's like sexy means you can have a little bit of fun and open up and and uh and he's like, you're a sexy, a sexy drunk. And she laughs and he's like, it's true. You get brave and you open up. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, but you're much braver. <laughs> Their love story is so sweet. It's the, look, this scene means a ton to me. I know. The, oh, the beginning of it, the, the very end of it. I hate, but the beginning of it, because Jack says, I'm scared that I'm going to end up alone. And I'm scared that I'm always going to be someone's brother or friend or confidant, but never be someone's everything. But mostly I'm scared. I, I mean, listen, I have yeah. I have cried over this. As I a cried. Teen, as a teen. Yeah. As a teen, this fucked me up, I will say. <laughs> um, in a great way. But like he says, but mostly I'm scared I'll never find a guy that I love as much as I love you. Oh my and, like, god. This, they're soulmates. That part might be my favorite bet- thing between them and the whole show. I know. Um that that's the way so that he says that to good. her mm-hmm. and just because, this, like oh sorry, my god. god and especially since we're seeing in this episode like our other like love stories and friendship stories and like mm-hmm. you just don't see them have the same connection and strength and honesty in this way absolutely absolutely and i also think like what he admits to her like basically and this is why I get so frustrated with Jack's character sometimes, because basically he's like, I don't want to be the gay best friend. Mm-hmm. And in this, in 2001, like that's what we got a lot for gay, mm-hmm. like people in, in like non gay cinema, you know, like, yeah. yeah, sure. There's like gay cinema, which like actually features people, but like um, <laughs> people having lives and making decisions, but like in non gay cinema, it was like always the guy that like kind of came in and was funny and said bitchy shit. And like Jack kind of gets to admit like that's not what I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so vulnerable and it's so like beautiful. Um, yeah. I just love it. And, and then it's just so honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jen kind of starts crying because like this yeah. is all she's ever wanted. <laughs> like- I know. She just, I know. Yeah, and it's so sad because, like, Jen's always wanted to have sex with someone she loves, you know, and, like, be in love, you know, Mm -hmm. and so we're seeing this, like, story for her. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and, like, I don't know. And it's, like, this is, like, what love is, like, true love is. It's, like, this. these are, like, this storyline, I think why it's so compelling is because, like, we see, like, the ways in which there's different types of relationships and the way in which there's true love, you know, Mm -hmm. and, like, honesty Mm -hmm. and vulnerability and, like, the way in which you can be like intimate and totally in love with your best friend, you know? And like, Mm -hmm. they try to sell us on that with Dawson and Joey. And like we always say, we just don't see it. Yeah. And then we see these other comparisons where we see it more. So it makes the, like the, the storyline with Dawson and Joey, like fall flat. I I absolutely agree. Yeah. And, and Jen kisses Jack on the forehead Mm -hmm. and then they lean in and kiss each other. But it's totally awkward in like a drunk kiss. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have more to say on it in a little bit. But well, like this part is fine because it totally is like a drunk, awkward kiss where they just mm-hmm. profess their love for each other. And they're like, it's like a really unromantic kiss. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay. Here Everyone we go. just take a deep breath. Aaron Hensley's going to yell for a while. So just hang oh, tight. Oh <laughs> my gosh. So we see Dawson in this room on his phone. And we hear Joey's voice saying she's really sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is too. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I think I'm doing the right thing by keeping Brooks alive. Because... At a certain point, it just becomes too much for your brain to process and you have to rely on your heart. This is not my experience, <laughs> I want to say. <laughs> and he says, it's terrifying at first, but then it's liberating. And I want to take a second just right here to state or to ask maybe is what I want to do. <laughs> is this show making a connection between Joey thinking about losing her virginity and Dawson being in charge of the end of a person's life that he has known for six months. Yes. That feels like a real fucking stretch. Yes. I know. <laughs> it's like the death of these two characters, Mr. Brooks and Joey's virginity. And it's just like, it's disgusting. It, and just if you, you think it can't get worse, it, it will. So <laughs> yeah, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> oh Cause... my God. And she's like, um, what she's like well what do you mean and he's like sometimes you have to rely on your heart and if we weren't so afraid to let go we wouldn't feel so free when we did wow (laughs) so it's hard to process i like i remember in 2001 being so disgusted by this like what the way that they're framing it and we know dawson's creek speak or whatever we're like okay they're talking about each other because yeah it's always dawson and joey will have conversations but they really are talking about each other this is fucking disgusting yeah especially since they outright said the reason why pacey and joey haven't fucked is because of dawson we all thought it before but they outright said it a few minutes ago yeah and dawson's is like i think brooks was waiting for his friend and joey says to say goodbye oh and dawson says something like that then Oh my god! I mean, (laughs) yeah, she's like, like, that's really hard. And then there's an awkward pause, and just because you're like, maybe we weren't sure they're talking about each other, you realize they are. You see it on their faces, and he realizes the conversation was something about something else. And he's like, "Goodbye, Joey," and she says, "Good night." Which is interesting. I don't know what it means, but I want to note that Joey does not say goodbye. She says goodnight. She sa- she says goodnight, not goodbye. <laughs> <if you will. laughs> I puked. Oh I my God. <laughs> this is to... so fucking disgusting. Yeah. Why yeah. would they do this? What Couldn't would the writer, these two white dudes, um, these two dudes wrote this shit. Yeah. We have some questions, Zach and Chris, or whatever the fuck your names are. What the fuck? Who did this? No. I mean, this is wild. That is wild. I I just... It's hard to wrap your head around the fact that Joey basically calls Dawson for permission to fuck Pacey. I fucking know. 
no thank it's you it's hard to recover from this to be <laughs> it honest is, it is it is it's like I remember in 2001 this starting my decline with Joey I was just mm. like I can't with you <laughs> I, mean, I that's, can't I think that's fair I think that's really fair so we go to the hot tub in winter again we're not asking questions we believe you all that this is yeah, a thing but I will ask this one question because Anna comes up to Pacey and is completely dry but says they were just getting out. <laughs> Tell us how that works, y'all. So that one I know for certainty is untrue. Yeah. <laughs> I know how water <laughs> clings to a body. I don't know. So Paisley's out taking a walk and she can like tell he's bummed. And, and she yeah. just like seems like she's being nice because she's like, you were there for me recently. Like, let me, you know, like talk to me. Like what's yeah. going on? You know, which is nice. Yeah. And she tells her like, random friends i'll catch up with you later yeah like who is this lady i love her why does she she like knows everyone now i know it's so fucking funny it's kind of great yeah i would well i'll say that later okay so we go back to jack and jen's who like they have like less clothing on like they took off their overshirts kind of they have tank tops on but like they're making out yeah like on top of each other on the ground yeah yeah and jen Jen is like, what the fuck? We cannot do this. Yeah. And she says, you're drunk and lonely and gay. <laughs> like, yeah. Which is all true. And she, and you know, she's like, this seems like a good idea right now, but it's like not going to feel good tomorrow. Yeah. And so I have some shit to say about this. God, this is going to be like a four hour long episode. I'm so sorry, y'all. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I really hate how rigid we were about sexuality at this time. Like mm-hmm. the idea that Jack is gay mm-hmm. and nothing and can be nothing else. And Jen is right. straight and can be nothing else is just like so wildly old fashioned at this point. Yeah. And, and I think- the way that they frame jo- Jen's sexuality that like, if she has sex with someone she loves, but someone she's like, not going to have a relationship with, she would feel guilt and shame about that. Right. Right. Cause like, I think like that, Normally, this would bug me in, like, there's this, like, kind of trope of, like, you know, like, there was a, Billy Crystal played a gay character on TV in the 1970s that, like, eventually started dating women, and, like, it's, like, this trope, right? Where, like, yeah, yeah. you, okay, fine, you, you can, can have make a gay someone main, straight or something. Yeah, <laughs> you can have a gay main character, but then, like, if we're going to put him in a relationship, it's not going to be a gay one. There's a whole trope about it, whatever, you can google it and read about it Mm -hmm. it's wild but um they like jack and jen have this like deep seemingly platonic love and if the show explored that at all like what their love is between each other how it works how love changes when sexual or romantic feelings are involved like i would be there for that but that does Mm -hmm. not seem like the story that's being told at all And so, like, this story that they, like, start making out, I mean, like, I guess, I, I guess, yeah, sure, like, people are confused, and that's fine, and whatever, or they- Well, I guess the way I take it is that, like, we, I personally feel like it's toxic to have the narrative of when you fall in love, you'll have sex, you know? 
for a number of reasons, because it gives a tool of manipulation, the word love, and sure. it also doesn't give sex a home like outside of love as right. well. And that's what I see happening here is that they're like, we're madly in love with each other. So we should be having sex because that's what society tells us. Right. And and I think we're like kind of hovering around the same thing, which is like for me, there's just no context mm-hmm. for like them to like be engaging in a sexual activity and they don't really talk about it. They don't talk about it before or after. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's just like, totally. oh, yeah, we kind of made out once. And I mean, it's yeah. mentioned like once in season five or something. Mm. Um, but then Jack's just like, oh, man, the room's spinning and like Jen goes to get water yeah and he apologizes to her and she just like squeezes his hand and it's yeah it is yeah so um (laughs) back at the hospital (laughs) no uh dawson's there and uh mr brooks dies yeah just flatlines we watch him flatline tony (laughs) hale is there um Uh, grams is there mitch is there gail is there gretchen's there everyone's crying dawson's stone-faced yep and and then, like, everyone leaves the room except for Dawson and Brooks's body. And Dawson <laughs> says, see you, Mr. Brooks. Like, no one's around. Like, no one's holding his hand or around him as he dies. I have a lot of questions. Oh, my God. Whatever. Oh, my God. Okay. And so we're supposed to think that he- Dawson waited and then Mr. Brooks died. I guess. Is that okay? On his own? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess. So then we go back to the ice <laughs> ski place. I don't know what to call it. Snow place. And Jen's outside at a trash can throwing away mini bottles of liquor. There's a lot of bottles of liquor. Yeah. <laughs> She's got like 20 bottles. Like a full mini trash can full of them. And the like, teacher sees her and like, he's like, what the hell? And I'm like, dog, this is where you draw the fucking line. I know he kind of gives, but he, but he doesn't even draw a line, Aaron. He just like, is kind of like what? And then gives her a like, oh, you kids look. And then she walks away. <laughs> like what? I don't know. And it's not the weirdest thing in this whole episode. Like not even the top three. No. What the <laughs> fuck? Oh my God. Okay. So. Then we go to Pacey and Anna, where Anna's character has made a an entire 180. Yeah. Um, in the like two seconds between when we left them and where we are now. Cause I actually kind of like Anna's character. Yeah. Up I until do too. this moment. It's like really wild. And I think it's just supposed to like further this again toxic narrative that Joey has and that right. like we had in society then of like, she's a slut. Yes. And you're she like, fucks, oh my so she's a God. slut. Yeah. So, know, and, and if you're a slut, you're a terrible person. And you're like, oh, my gosh. So she says to him, I know you don't want to break up with her and I get it, but it would be a shame to wa- waste an opportunity like this. And she like leans in to kiss him. Yeah. And then jo- Pacey is like, no, and leans back. Like leans back. And is like, you've misunderstood this situation. Don't get this at all. Like, it's not going to happen. And she says something funny. Yeah. She's like, I don't get it. It's just sex. We're all adults here. I mean, Pacey's like, again, the truth speaker. He's like, we're not adults. I mean, honestly, this is that is so like, young. like when I was young, I definitely said that to someone. And yeah, they did not respond with we're not adults. And that was therein was the problem of my youth. Exactly. Um, <laughs> 
and, we're not adults and it is a big deal. Yeah. Like I have someone that I want to be with for more than one night and the thought of losing her and or hurting her isn't a consideration. Like this isn't about sex. It's about the most intimate thing you can share no matter how long you have to wait. Yeah. I mean, and he like apologizes to Anna if he gave her the wrong idea and like gets up and walks away. And then he sees Joey and we're like, oh, no, because Joey's been so wild. Yeah, yeah. You're but, like, oh, God. But so he walks up to her. Plot twist. And she he, is he's smitten. Like, hey. And then she does her baby voice. Hey. <laughs> and I'm like, bitch, I'm going to need more from you right now. Are you kidding me? We don't get a baby voice. Hey. And then everything's OK. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> nope. They're not kidding you. Because no. Joey's now baby voice smitten. And Paisley's like, how long you been standing there? And she's like, long enough to remember why it is that I love you. You didn't remember that before. <laughs> why I, every part of me loves you? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay. Are we supposed to believe she heard what Pacey said to Anna? I think that is what they want you to think. Because, like, I don't think that that's possible right. from where she was standing. <laughs> I agree with that. I think what she heard is what Dawson said to her. Mm. And she goes up to him with a baby voice. Hey. Hey. And that's what made her remember. Mm. That she loved Pacey. Mm -hmm. With and every part of <laughs> they they walk they start to walk back to their room hand in hand and joey's like you know you can be upset and angry you've earned it which like don't love that framing but i so wild and also giving him permission to be upset like is super weird i mean i like her being like you have every right to be upset like i absolutely That's not what she said i know i know but like but i do i know but you know sometimes we don't say exactly what we mean um, yeah and well she's so extra i'm just so mad at her so <laughs> I, I hear that but he's like i'm not angry and she's like it's okay if you are yeah and, and um and then she says she like, doesn't have to be perfect all the time and like and she's like and i don't have to be so afraid and they kiss and is that sound like an apology oh no it's definitely not an apology <laughs> it's not there's no apology <laughs> let's go inside cuddle up lock the door and i'll read you a story and she's like we don't have the book and he's like i'll make one up and i'm just like this is so sweet i don't know like why do they have to write like to be like this so sweet like near impossible person who's saying all the things like young teens want to hear of like i would wait forever blah 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 like yeah all of these things and then like we see like Joey and Dawson be such assholes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good question. <laughs> um, and we go to the Learys then and everyone is like setting up for a screening of one of AI Brooks's features to celebrate his life, which is actually, I think a really sweet way to do it. Really sweet. Yeah. The only weird part is Dawson sits like on a wooden chair, but yeah. And then Gretchen sits like on the floor in front of him. <laughs> And she like I mean, leans over her. Like, I'm like, you cannot watch a movie like that. No my, way. My 37 years are showing because that looks, I'm like, ooh, my back would hurt for like three days after that. No way. Yeah. yeah. So Graham's, Dawson's like, Graham's like, what are we watching? And Dawson's like, oh, you told me you had never seen what, one of Mr. Brooks' 
pictures. So I want to fix that. Yeah. And I think this is what Mr. Books would have wanted. Yeah. And they like all kind of have this real family moment. It's actually yeah. kind of sweet. It's like they kind nice. of mourn Mr. Brooks and they like eat popcorn and cuddle up. And we get a zoom in on Dawson's face and it's stone cold again. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, not great. All right. So, um, take a deep breath. Are you ready? <laughs> ready for that? I think so. Okay. 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 So we go back to Pacey and Joey's room and Joey's brushing her hair and Pacey like asks to brush it, which I, not my thing. I don't like people touching my hair, but it's whatever. So weird, but okay. Okay. <laughs> and right. Joey kind of stops him and asks if he has his wallet <laughs> And he's like standing and behind he's just her. Like, oh God! I thought we were done talking about that. Yeah, but he stands behind like, her. His they're holding hands on Joey's shoulder, and uh-huh. he like takes his wallet out and asks if she wants to throw it away. And then she goes, <laughs> "I mean, this is this far. Yeah. Oh my God!" She goes, "I want to throw the wrapper away." What I a way! Laughing so hard. <laughs> what a way to ask for sex, girl. Write that one down. Tell it at oh cocktail parties. God. People will be so excited to hear that. Oh, my God. Hey, do you want to throw that wrapper away? <laughs> so the song that's supposed to start here Take is Tuck and Patty's Take My Breath Away. Away. Not the version from Top Gun, but a different Take My mm-hmm. Breath Away. Um, and also there's a moose lamp in this scene that I desperately need for my own home. So if anyone finds a link to that, please send it to Dawson's <laughs> And Pacey goes, um, I think it's uncomfortable, but like not in a, like, just like in a, like, what is this about? Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't get it. I didn't get that comment. You yeah. Know? And Joey cuts him off and gives honestly just a knockout of a speech. It really is. It's late. Even though I hate this episode, it fucking slayed. I, mean, I got chills. Full body chills. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know how much I like it when we turn gender bullshit on its head. And like, she gets to be the romantic one and woo him. And here we go. Joey says, this is about how you carried my bag under off the bus yesterday. This is about how when we go to the movies and you go and buy popcorn, you always make sure to bring back a napkin so I don't wipe all the grease on my jeans. I've already failed this test, by the way. I never do that. <laughs> um, and they're, they're just like, they're face to face and close to each other. And Joey is sort of walking Pacey backwards, like towards the bed. Mm-hmm. It's, she's in like mm-hmm. the male dominant position that we normally see, which I yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. love. And, and he's the nervous one and yeah. she's the confident one. Uh-huh. And there's like this lighting, like the fire is casting a light on their faces that's like real dreamy as hell. And she says, and this is about how just last week when we were at Miniature Golf, you took all of the shots first so I could, I would know the correct path. All right. And then she like starts unbuttoning his shirt. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly where I start to just melt into my chair. I- um, <laughs> yeah. So just forgive. Yeah. And she says, you taught me how to drive. And last year at prom, you knew the bracelet I was wearing was my mom's. Whew. Here we go. <laughs> she and says, he like takes a deep breath of like, and a smile like, yeah. oh shit. Yeah. And she says, you kissed me first, sweetheart. I- oh my God. I'm dead. 
Here's where I died. Me too. I was like goosebumps. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And she, she goes like, the second time you counted to ten before doing it just in case I wanted to stop you. And then she takes his shirt She's like, off you of him. Me a- yeah she's like you bought me a wall and he's like well i'm more rented also she starts <laughs> sucking on his hand when after she says you bought me a wall and i was like girl get it get it and she says we were alone on a boat for three months and you understood without a word why i wasn't ready and then she takes his tank top off mm-hmm. and she looks directly up into his eyes and says do you have to ask me now why i am oh my god and she's like pace i'm gonna start to i'm gonna count to 10 and then i'm gonna start kissing you and if you don't want me then you're gonna have to stop me Uh uh-huh and then she's like 10 my love and you're like (laughs) so she runs her hand up his arm over his shoulder and down his chest before saying 10 my love which is a fucking mood and a half girl get it i die this is i mean like i'm already dead i'm six feet under now goodbye to julia and they start kissing with intention yeah and then he fucking picks her up yeah oh my god that's like the ultimate move i can't with that one Mm. Mm -mm. and uh look I mean, if if you're going to have sex for the first time, that scene's not a bad way to do it. <laughs> I know. Like, I definitely agree that the, like, actual sex, like, losing virginity scene is, like, classic Dawson's Creek, so mm-hmm. romantic, so, like, how the fuck did they do that? Like, full body chills, you know? Yeah. yeah. But this episode is trash. It's a mess and a half. It's fucking trash. It's a mess. Yep um you know uh, yeah i i agree with you uh, the rest of the episode is an absolute disaster um yeah and like this scene is Jack great and Jen, obviously yeah there's some and a weird good joey shit. jack scene yeah yeah but the juxtaposition of like mr brooks dying with like this wacky ski trip is like a little too much to bear well and like <sighs> the the like the the combination of like sex and death right like yeah there's like i mean <laughs> i know in french an orgasm is a petite mort but um so and i'm so sorry to anyone who speaks french i just <laughs> fucking massacred that um <laughs> but but like that is i just i don't understand why you put these two storylines in the same episode i know I know. I, th- I think you can have Pacey and Joey have tension and like see that it is reaching a breaking point and then yeah and see how like not talking about it is just making it worse and how like Dawson is the elephant in their room you know yeah. and like that like in even the juxtaposition of Mr. Brooks and Andy Griffith or whatever like how like if you don't address it it could just fester for 40 years you know mm-hmm. like that is a real problem you know totally like Joey does have an un like a really weird relationship with Dawson and it is like hard for Pacey to be a part of you know and like can they navigate that could they overcome that of course of course you know like but like it takes honesty truthfulness like building of like boundaries on like all fronts you know Mm -hmm. 
Like, how do you yeah. think Pacey would feel if he knew that Joey called Dawson and had that conversation before they fucked? I don't think it would go over well. And I think there was a perfectly great conversation that Joey had with Jack. With that Jack was, was all she jo- needed. Was, was a perfectly good point turning point for her. Yeah. I, I don't understand why that wasn't the turning point. I know. It was a turning point for me. I was like... Yeah. Come on, that's okay. what you need to hear. It's like, okay, yeah, you know. <laughs> Joey yeah. admitted why she was scared. She admitted like all the and that she also like was all the things she had wanted to be like in the quote perfect place to have sex with someone. She was there. She didn't feel mm-hmm. like guilty. She didn't feel like, you know, pressured. Um, so like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why we had to have that conversation. And like again, I'm like, what exactly were the writers trying to do? I, I mean, I don't know. I think the I think the reverence with which this show treats Dawson and Joey's relationship and like they dated for less than a year in sophomore mm-hmm. year of high school. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> most people probably can't name that person if they <laughs> like be like, oh, yeah, I dated someone for like a little bit of time, I guess, in my sophomore year in high school at this point in your life. So, like, I don't know. I guess there's this part of me that's, like, I just feel – I've said this before that I feel, like, there was this way in which I think particularly Paul Stupin's um, experience with, like, 90210 and with other mm-hmm. teen dramas where it was, like, this person is this person's girl, you know? Yeah. And, like, and like if you listen to the DVD commentaries, they, like – say shit like that where I'm just like yeah yeah and it's one of those things where I think like I just think like they put too much weight on it and I think it actually like a lot of the storytelling like things that I have problems with are due to that I totally agree (laughs) like this idea of like you know, Joey Why couldn't possibly be with another person, you know? And I, I think teen shows still do that now. And they have yeah. like these like ships and whatever. And like, sure. it's hard for when people break up and I don't know, whatever you get really invested in, I guess those storylines, but I don't know. Like it is, it's like at a certain point, it's like, just fucking drop it. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like these, like, fr- like even, you know, Andy Griffith's character, like, talks about this weird possession and this over someone's heart, you know, and as if, like, a woman will never be completely his or, like, he'll never have, like, this one part of her or, like, I don't know, this, like, it, it, it is, like, this feels to me like this control that he feels like he lacks because mm-hmm. there was a part of her heart or a part of her that loved someone else. And it's, like, I don't. <laughs> fuck with that's that. a wild narrative that's a really I wild think narrative that's hideous yeah and yeah. so i don't know so it's like we see like even in like older generations like that like kind of per- like you know yeah. seeping through and it's like oh so who are you rooting for i mean i'm rooting for pacey and joey <laughs> um, <laughs> have fun like my ch- my children have so much yeah, fun um, and that they end on such a chills where you like get season three like feeling Lives. again you know yeah. it's hard yeah. that we have to sit through like such disgusting storytelling to get there you know and that totally. we only get it for like three minutes you know yeah yeah 
Um, I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Jack and Jen. I mean, I'm yeah. rooting for Dawson. Like that was that's a hard thing to go through. I I know how totally. hard it is. I, yeah, you know, I'm kind of like there's like this part of me that's like I'm kind of rooting for everyone. I don't know that I'm rooting for Joey alone. Like I think she, yeah. I do think you're right that she's like behaved pretty terribly. Um, yeah. but like, you know, there's a way in which I'm rooting for everyone. I mean, fuck Drew, honestly, what a piece of <laughs> I shit. Know. <laughs> yeah and i think that's another reason why like it's hard with for me with joey is like she gives him oxygen you know yeah. <laughs> and it's like i don't know it's really hard to watch that you know yeah. and it's one of those things where like i say a lot but if joey had more female friends she would have people being like don't fuck with that guy just like ignore him like he that's he that's yeah. what he wants is you to be uncomfortable so just like don't be around him so you don't be uncomfortable like i don't know it, it, you have no reason to like sit at a fucking table at a pizza parlor with him totally no you don't totally. have to be on the receiving end of his like you know of his like constant discussions about your sexuality you know totally um and it's hard because like again we're supposed to be like oh joey's the strong girl so she does that by like getting these digs in at drew and it's like <laughs> no don't fucking right. waste your time with people like that like don't yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I just it's it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, fuck that guy. Okay, so um for our listener corner, I'm gonna do this one this week. Uh this is from Lionel, and I just wanted to remind listeners that we had a brief discussion about John Witter's military service in the episode um uh, uh the Pacey's birthday, the Tay of Pacey or the Day of Pacey, maybe. Um and so Lionel starts with some facts and I wanted to say thank you to Lionel for doing this research. She says um, the number of active duty service and reserve members in the armed forces is a little over 2 million. Um, so the military is less than 1% of the population. And every week on the podcast, you have a segment for workforce bound. I would argue that the larger pathway to the middle class is trade school. Um, then, then um, military, we had mentioned that, um, you know, we felt a little uncomfortable that this, that the military is one of the ways that people that are like poorer and, and less, um, underserved communities, like can get out of, you know, poverty is like through the military. Um, and so she was saying, you know, there are far more plumbers, electrician, construction workers, factory workers, and there are those currently serving in uniform, for additional contra context, there are 480,000 plumbers in the U.S. and over 600,000 electricians, and the construction industry employs over 11 million people. I'm exhausted by this narrative that those who join the military do so because they don't have any other educational options. To become commissioned by um, as a military officer, you have to earn a college degree first, either through a college ROTC program or from service academy like West Point. I grew up middle class in New York. I was at the top of my class and could have gone to any college I wanted. I chose the Air Force Academy. I watched a lot of Star Wars or I'm sorry, Star Trek and Star Wars as a kid. Um, I wanted to be around cool space stuff and advanced technology. These were the days before SpaceX. So the Air Force was the best option. I'd argue that it still is. She asks us that we don't assume that military members are all down in their luck on suffering from PTSD. This is true, but for some, true for some, but definitely not all. It's similar to when white people assume that all black people live in urban areas riddled with crime. We do not. 
Uh, true. Uh, granted, I was privileged to be an officer, which meant better pay than my enlisted counterparts, but I also meant it also meant more responsibility. I was an active duty Air Force pilot for nine years. I got to see interesting places like Iceland, Egypt, and Cyprus, to name a few. The sunsets in Saudi Arabia are the most breath epically breathtaking daily occurrence you will ever experience. I was in my 20s earning a great living with no student loans and... Anytime you set foot in a combat zone, your income for the month is tax-free. I invested and saved a ton, bought a house at 28 years old using a VA loan. And finances aside, I learned how to lead people, how to manage, gain skills and resilience that have served me well in life thus far. The pay system in the military is actually based on rank and time and service. That meant I was always earning the same as my male peers, if not more in some cases. Aviation crews get additional flight pay. Other career fields do not. In my 30s, I decided to leave active duty. Everyone expected me to take a job at one of the airlines, but I had no desire to haul passengers from Chicago to Des Moines or wherever. Fair. Um, she says, to wrote, I wanted to move on to something more creative and find work in film and television. And when I got into UCLA to pursue an MFA in screenwriting, the GI Bill covered my entire tuition. Now I'm a TV writer in Hollywood. My unique backstories helps me stand out from the pack of writers vying for jobs. Life is good. The bottom line is this. Everyone's military experience is different. The conversation is far more nuanced than what we presented on the show. Um, and there are many others like her who have transitioned into civilian life successfully. I feel for the veterans that we've encountered in our lives that are experiencing mental and physical hardship. I've known some personally. They are my brothers and sisters for life. And yes, there are some real problems in these streets. But the last thing we need is people espousing sweeping generalizations about veterans. So um, first off, I wanted to thank Lionel for taking the time to write us. Um, yeah. And also, you know, I think that... Aaron and I, the conversation that we had is a conversation that we've had as friends before. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like we left a lot out of that conversation that like we kind of knew what the other person was talking about. But sometimes when we're on this podcast, we forget that you all haven't had 20 years of friendship <laughs> mm -hmm. with us. And so, you know, um, I just I want to first of all just like apologize to Lionel. We want this mm -hmm. to be a safe space for folks, and I think we failed in having that conversation in providing that safe space. But I also think her points are valid, and I think that's true. I think I think the complicatedness that we were trying to talk about in the show was that we want the people who join the military to be supported. Yeah. We want them. We want like them. Yeah. Completely important. And I think that one of the best things about the American armed services is that it's an all volunteer army. And like yeah. I said, I know a number of people who have answered the call to, mm -hmm. you know, protect and serve our country. And that's like such an important thing about the U.S. and about anyone who is, you know, protecting and serving their own country. Um, and I have nothing. We've always said we support the troops, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think like what we were trying to say is that we know that there are problems with people that f see conflict and come back and feel unsupported. And that w there are problems with like, um, you know, homeless vets and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, problems that feel like as a community problem, because people have answered the call to protect and serve 
us. Right. <laughs> and to see them struggling as a result of that <laughs> is hard. And I wish that our government did more. Yeah. I actually have no problem with a huge military personally. The point that I was trying to make about the number is that like it is my understanding that the largest employer in the world is the Department of Defense. That is what I con consistently read. Of course, like, what does that mean? But like, it is commonly said that the mm -hmm. largest employer in the world is the Department of Defense. So it is a large employer and it is a, a, a jobs program of the federal government. I personally feel like we should have more federal government jobs programs and less reliance on the private sector. I want there to be more options is the point that I was trying to make about it being the largest federal program for the pathway to the middle class is that I don't think there should only be one. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, is like more of what I was trying to get at. Yeah. And I think like, I think also like for me personally, I'm, I'm a pacifist. I don't believe in war. I don't believe I don't. I, I mean, I understand that like in the world we live in, sometimes shit is necessary and that fucking sucks. Um, but um, I think like for me, what's really hard is the disconnect between what we put troops through and the things that they have to do when they go to these places and why we're sending them there. Because mm -hmm. of course I was 17 when 9-11 happened and I mean I remember distinctly I was on a trip to Washington DC visiting a friend of mine when we declared war in Iraq and I just remember the sinking feeling of like or we didn't declare it but when we were like going mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. it's not declared which is a different problem um and you know this sinking feeling and and you know we're still there and we're still in Afghanistan and and you know the situation in Afghanistan is a situation that the United States created um, in the 1970s and then is now fighting a war against the people we put into power in Afghanistan, which is like mm -hmm. a theme in the US. So I think for me where I sometimes have dissonance is like, I want troops to be cared for. And I also think that it's absolutely unacceptable that we have sent them to a place like Afghanistan to fight for 18 years. Um, right. And I don't, and I think I know that there's other things that happen there. I know that there's like, you know, building and care. And that not happens. all tours are like she mentions, not all tours are like to an, a war zone or to a yeah. conflict, you know, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but I, I just think, think it's that... a complicated thing to be, anti-imperialist, anti-colonialist and, you know, anti-war while still like trying to acknowledge that like <laughs> these are Americans who are answering the call to join the services mm -hmm. and like that is they are they are our countrymen and like they that is a like I have immense respect for that. Mm -hmm. And how do we have these conversations where like on the one hand I think we should actively fight against colonialism. But yeah. on the other hand, I don't 
think that I think that we should support labor more, <laughs> whatever, right. even if they are labor at the that are promoting colonialism and imperialism. And well, that's and not to say every tour, every service that the military provides is at the hands of colonialism and imperialism. That's why it's super complicated. And like, again, like Julia said, ha- hard to have a nuanced conversation in the end of an episode. Yeah. And also, I think like, there's a way in which it's like, there are certain things with the military, like right now, you know, the stuff that Aaron's been talking about, about vaccines, and getting vaccines to places that like aren't the US, you know, or, or these sort of like, you know, European countries and places that are just using their economic power to, to, you know, flood their markets. There's a part of me that's like, I wish that we were using the US military to go and like, make sure the whole world gets vaccinated so that, Mm -hmm. you know, we can, um, you know, fix other problems. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, and I think that, I think that, that the U S military does sometimes do that. And there, I mean, I think there are questions to be asked of like, what is there a better thing to send in than like people in a, a soldier's uniform I think mm-hmm. that's an interesting question. And I think like, can we put people out in the field? And I think the army or the, not that's just the army, but the military and the DOD just have people trained to like do specific things. But I think that it's complicated. I think that these things are all very complicated. And I think like, I don't want us to diminish someone's achievements. Um, and I, I, apologize if that's what it seemed like we were doing that's um you know or i don't yeah and i mean if that's how she feels that's what we were doing you know yeah thank you so yeah i definitely apologize for um for that like and it's true like sometimes there we're not educated enough to have the conversations we should be having or that we want to have, or, or maybe we should be having them amongst us as friends first before we bring them onto a public forum. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I just want to say thank you to Lionel for bringing us that. I think that is a great perspective. Um, and you know, um, we appreciate you bringing us, you know, bringing us this. And again, we apologize that we made this space feel unwelcoming to you. Um, yes, we're very, I'm very sorry. Uh, for a workforce bound, this is from Anna. When I was a senior in high school, I felt so lost. I know I'm not alone in that, but I still swore no one would understand. And it was, it really did feel that way. Every senior was, had one meeting about the quote future with their guidance counselor. When I had mine, I asked the guidance counselor about options outside of New England, schools that gave good financial aid and schools that were SAT optional. He handed me a list of schools, UN, I think University of New Hampshire and uh, University of Vermont and liberal arts colleges from that's in my hometown. There must have been a few more on the list, but I can't remember them. They were schools that everyone in my high school would attend, and I just felt suffocating to me. I remember looking at colleges because I felt like that's what I should do. My parents had gone to college. My sister was a college student at the time, and I worked hard to be a good student. What I had been doing, hating, what I had been doing, hating every second of high school, working so hard to get good grades, not going any to, to any dances or games 
or making any friends just to graduate close to the top of my class and then do nothing. To be honest, that's what I wanted to do, though. I didn't want to do anything, which, of course, was what was the only thing my parents wouldn't let me do. (laughs) They kept telling me, you don't have to go to college. You just have to do something. And if you're Mm -hmm. not going to go to college, you need a plan. I wasn't like my neighbor who wanted to be a pilot since we were four. He didn't go to college, just earned his commercial license. I wasn't like my friend from elementary school who completely disregarded any of and all societal norms and found a way to learn what she wanted to learn and didn't care about the rest. Um, You should hear what some people that I met in college say about her. In some ways, I was jealous of those people who knew what they wanted to do and could just go and get it. So after a long, grueling process, I decided to go to college despite how scared I was. Luckily, I'm glad I went. Colleges is where I found my love for learning and I didn't have that before. Yeah, I'm still pretty lost in what I'm doing and COVID hasn't helped that. But I could do what I doing I could do what I'm doing right now without a college degree and I still wonder if I'm putting off quote real life. When I started college, I put so much pressure on myself because I wanted to solve everything for me. That did not happen, which I should have known all along. Yep. Um, (laughs) let me tell you that I think the idea of needing a plan, I I think some people do need it. I think there are people, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I, I think there are people and there are career paths that are like, Hey, you do this, 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 and this, and then you become this. And that's the career path. And like, there you go. Um, and I understand that there are certain people and certain personality types that need that. Um, I think for me, when I gave myself over to the fact that like, I didn't have a fucking plan, I was just going to do what I wanted to do. And when I stopped liking what I was doing, I was going to try to find something new to do. (laughs) I think that like, (laughs) I think that when I finally gave myself over to that, I think that's when I started, started like, I don't know, just feeling better. Um, yeah. And so... So I think you're like right on the money. I mean, I think like, and I think adults, I think like parents and I I don't know, I am not a parent, nor do I ever aspire to Mm -hmm. be one, (laughs) but, um, just, just judging from the interaction that I have with my own, have had with my own parents and other people's parents. I do think that like, there's this way in which that's the kind of their nervousness about, they want to make sure you're Mm going to be okay. And the fact of the matter is, is that you're probably going to be okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or if they're worried about that, that's because they should like have more safety net <laughs> in the society level. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, totally, totally. And so it's like, no, I definitely agree. I think yeah. that it's hard and it feels scary when people know what they want to do when you're younger and you're like, yeah. why don't I know what's wrong with me? You know? Um, and like, I know for me, my brother's always wanted to be an architect and he is an architect. And that was really hard for me to, mm-hmm. to see that, that it's just like, you already have this drive, you know what you want to do. You can start working on that. Like young, like my brother worked as a draftsman in high school. And so by the time he graduated college, he had like six years of experience as in yeah. architecture firms. Well, um, and that's, an, that's one of those jobs, like I said, that has like, there are steps. A path. There, there mm-hmm. is a path. There's definitely exactly. clearly laid out steps. Yeah. 
Sorry, I can Exactly. Yeah, totally. And so like that, you know, on the one hand, you're like, oh, that sounds so easy. But, you know, at the other hand, like, I don't know. And the grass is always greener. I mean, my yeah. brother and I obviously always talk about it. Just like there are things that like I'm like, oh, that would be nice to have what you have. And then I know he does the same for me. So it's hard. It is. It is. It's hard. <laughs> I just wish there was like a more holistic approach. Like, you know, it's like she meets with this counselor and like, it's like, all right, well, here's the three options. And it's like, well, then what's, what are you doing here? Right. Counselor. <laughs> I could have just yeah. gotten like a stack of pamphlets from my homeroom teacher. Totally. And like, there are more, cho- more choices than the, these three colleges you could possibly go to where a bunch of your school people you mm-hmm. went to high school with are going to go. Because, I mean, I went to college in the same town that I went to high school in, but most people from my high school did not go to that university. Yeah. Um, So I like there's I mean, one of your friends, good friends in college was someone that I was good friends with in high school. And but like but like other than that, I saw basically very few every once in a while they would show up in our apartment. um, People who (laughs) I went to high school with. Right. But but like we weren't going I wasn't going to school with them for the most part. So like, I, I understand that, like, uh, that's why I didn't move to San Francisco, um, after, after college, um, or even to go to college because everyone in my high school just moved to San Francisco back. It was back when I'm old. So it was back when you could afford to just move to San Francisco (laughs) and not work at Google as well. Um, so, so yeah, I get that. I totally get that. And I think it's, I think, you know, branching out and having realizing that you have whatever choices you want to make um that's like uh, oh such a weight gets lifted off of you Mm -hmm. you know totally yeah yeah and obviously we're like fortunate to live in a state with so many people and so many colleges that Mm. you know (laughs) there there's more options yeah and you know for better or worse (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for being here. Hope you're staying safe. You know, we're like getting vaccinated. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to have the best summer ever in the U.S. because <laughs> like we can't not. So, yeah. um, it seems like it's happening and hopefully we can turn some of our resources to other countries that are in need. Um, yeah. I know people in my age in Mexico aren't eligible until 2022. So that seems sad to me. Um, so (laughs) what a time to be alive, you know, um, black lives matter, Mm -hmm. defund the police. Mm -hmm. We stand with the farmers in India End Asian hate. Let's just keep trying to make the world a better place. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's critique. You can email us Dawson's critique at gmail.com. We want to shout out our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at go freaking crazy. You can follow my Finsta at Aaron.hensley. We have merch bit.ly slash Dawson's critique. And you can order our book. I remember everything life lessons from Dawson's Creek. And let's wherever you get your books. <laughs> yep. Let's give a shout out to Octavia bookstore in New Orleans, Louisiana, um, a place that I hope to be able to fly sometime soon because I just want to be surrounded by people for a little while <laughs> um, after this, <laughs> after we can get back to some semblance of normal. Yeah. Uh, so Octavia Books, uh, they're a great local bookstore. Um, you can find me on the interwebs at Pesty1079 
uh we oh please like us subscribe write a review wherever it is you get your podcast thank you to those of you who have we really appreciate it um let's see we would like to thank andrew bush who normally records us possibly will record us again in the year 2021 who knows anything could happen (laughs) we are so excited for that prospect um this Rare Bird books can be found online at rarebirdlit.com or on social media at Rare Bird Lit. This has been a Rare Bird production. I don't want to wait.